All right. Well, um, let's get this started then. Let's let's talk about the HPD issue to get to get this going. I think it's uh, a hot topic on Hive at the moment. Addict has just done another interesting blog about it. So I don't know if you want to start off addicted or you want us to explain our view on it. Yeah, I guess I'm just really disillusioned with the whole increasing the time lock thing and the bonding thing. I just don't think it has any, I think it has negative EV. I don't think it has any value to the network. And I think that we're just like kind of talking about punishing our users. And, um, you know, people in crypto always come up with these, you know, everyone wants number to go up, right? So um, we come up with these ways to like do that. And usually it's involves lowering the supply of the token because it's like, you know, you want high supply or high or low supply and high demand. But like people don't focus on the demand part enough, I think. And um, bonding really, you know, it might lower the supply, but it also lower, there's, there's a diminishing return there because um, it lowers the demand. Like people aren't going to want to enter the system if the time lock is greater. So I don't think there's a net value to be had there. But I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it or not. I mean, like we're not looking to pump a stable coin because it's going to be valued at $1. So restricting the supply in order to pump a coin in that sense wouldn't, wouldn't make any sense to me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about restricting the supply. I want a massively expanded HPD. I just don't want to do it with debt. That's my main, my main thing. I, I think the, the idea of doing it with debt is, um, first of all, it's going to take a long, like 30 years. It will take 30 years. To, to even get to an, an area of um, liquidity that we would consider liquidity today, um, in 30 years from now, who knows what that's going to be, but we will always be behind the pace of what liquidity, what's considered liquidity just by inflating via debt. And then we've got the risk of those debts being called in. I think we should try to minimize the debt, minimize putting that risk on the community, and we should try to bring in HBD expansion by getting investors to com- use Hive to convert to HBD in of course buy that hive onto the open market so it will create a, a price increase to the hive price which will move the market cap of hive away from the haircut rule before the hbd is created um and, and create the hbd pre-backed if, as it were rather than backed by deaths by inflation um and i think that, that there's a number of benefits that you can reap from that in terms of collateral providing collateral as loans um, that follow up from that, but maybe that's a little bit further down the discussion. That's like one of my key, key intentions is, 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 is it's inflating HBD via debt rather than inflating it via um, purchases of, of Hive and conversions. Right. I'm just extremely concerned that, and this isn't just a Hive problem, this is just crypto in general, is that we want to reward like the diehard like holders because we're like, yeah, that's good because it makes number go up or whatever. And we don't want people dumping the token on the spot price. And we want to punish people who dump. And I just feel like, I don't know, it's just, it's just that whole focus on uh, lower the supply, lower the supply, lower the supply without really focusing on the demand part. Um, hmm. I, I, I mean, my, my argument's got nothing to do with lowering the supply. My argument is to do with expanding the supply, but just expanding it in a different way to what you want to do. Um, right. Hey, um, but I have a key could... point here um, before you gentlemen continue. The the thing here is, if we're talking usability, the three day lock. A lot of people don't actually know why it was there. What was there was to make it so you can have some HPD, 
lock it for a short amount of time to where it's basically not locked, i.e. three days. But if your account got hacked, you have time to react because you can see, you know, that somebody's trying to unlock your HBD. That's why I didn't have a yield. The yield was very minimal because it wasn't, the three days wasn't picked by, oh, we're going to give, you know, this amount of yield based on three days. So the three-day number is not only wrong, it was just picked for an entirely different reason. And when you have the HBD locked into three-day, you kind of defeat two things. Usability of HBD because it can't be used because it's locked. And it's locked for such a short period of time that you can't build a bonding system on it. If you have a bonding system, you can spend that HBD in the bonded form so you don't lose usability. So imagine if everybody wanted to lock for three days, no one would use HBD because they wouldn't have a reason to. They wouldn't have the ability to because it'll be locked. So the three-day is wrong, in my opinion. It doesn't accomplish anything. It locks up HBD and makes it unusable. It gives an unreasonable amount of H, um, APR for no reason. You know, you're not really helping the ecosystem by locking for three days. It's not, it's not anything. And then you can't build a bonding system on top of that. So it's just a double whammy. Right. Well, my argument is that it doesn't matter what the time lock is, like at all. Because if you're offering 20% yield, that alone creates enough demand to, to make the supply higher, to keep it propped up. So increasing the time lock, you're just punishing people. Well, no, it does matter because if it's too short of a time lock, no one's going to use HVD. And we're talking about what's the point of HVD if it's not being widely used and accepted at merchants. If people are just locking it for three days or a short amount of time, then they're not going to be able to use that HVD in the real world. So it defeats the purpose. It's like you're cutting, you know, it's cutting your nose to spite your face. I'd like um, to add on. I don't know the lock. The lock yeah. has a lot of meaning for me. Um, I want your ass locked in next to me, and I don't want you to have a choice about it. That means a lot to me. And if you're sitting there saying I'm locked in with you for a year, I'm going to respect you a lot more than if you're locked in for three days. And that is incredibly valuable. I don't think right. right but a, a lot of these whales, if you look at the data, like they're not trying to exit. They're like, yeah, these yields are awesome. No, I'm going to stay here for a long time. time. The like so, when I'm talking about when the, when the HBD price goes to 60 cents, 40 cents. That's when I want you locked in. I want you in, whether you like it or not. When, when the debt ratio is over 30%? When, when, when the debts get called in and the HBD price goes to three, 30 cents, I don't want you selling. I want you in. I don't want you to have a choice about it. That's valuable. I mean, that's a very niche scenario that's never supposed to happen. No, it, but that's exactly what's supposed to happen. Like if, if you if you have the ability to sell when that happens, that is incredibly risky to hive because now you're just going to inflate the hive. But now you're the key the key detriment to the hive supply. You're going to inflate the hive supply. I don't want you doing that. But you, I want you locked in. But no one has a financial incentive to do that because they're selling at a huge loss. Of course they do. Of course they do. That's exactly what the issue is. The what? second that token drops, the people that got their three day locks, they're going to be the first ones selling. I want you locked in. I want you in for a year, two years, three years. You've got no choice to sell. I want you to say it. I want you to have that stake in the game. Otherwise, I don't know why you get an APR from me. Because I see it as I'm giving you APR. You know, it's my it's my money as well as yours. And I'm giving you money for nothing for being locked in for three days next to me. 
That ain't that ain't a person I want to be locked in with. I want to be locked in with a person that's in for a year, two years, three do you, years. Do you want a secondary market? For for bonds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that would give us the ability to create a secondary market for bonds, a, a very liquid secondary market for bonds. But then it's the same problem. People can leave whenever they want. Um, not on the base layer, and, no, they can't. That what happens is people can leave whenever they want, but the risks on layer two now is not on the base layer. Uh, the, peop the, peop the people I, I, who are see, I don't, on layer I don't think two. that's accurate. I don't think that's accurate because once the yield goes up, because people have dumped on the secondary market, the yield goes up. So say you're offering twenty percent, and then the secondary market dumps and pushes it to twenty-one percent. Now Hive can't issue any more debt because everyone will be buying from the secondary market. No, so but you, you, you get, it cripples you, Hive's you, ability to create any more bonds. No one will buy yeah. those because they're they're twenty percent, and yeah, but the, the market's yeah, but, offering twenty one. But the bond, but the bond, the bond holders who are locked in, they're locked in. They've got no choice. They're locked in on the base layer. That's what it all comes down to. They can't leave. Well, they can through the secondary market. They just don't. Well, yeah, but if if there's no one to buy it, then there's 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 no way they can. No, but they're still ultimately Hive locked in. Still I just I, don't think it's. I, I no, don't no, think no, the secondary I, market is I, even I a good disagree. idea. I completely disagree because because what you're saying is that you can get out by selling your hive on the secondary market. You can sell your HBD bonds on the secondary market, but there's still yeah. there's still HBD bonds on the base layer that are locked in, whether they like it or not. They're still there. Right, but it so destroys hive's ability to print more debt. Completely, like but completely I, I, takes away our power to print more no, bonds because no one's going to buy those bonds. Hive will continue. To print debt on the base layer in the same way that it did before, except it can be a much lower debt, like, debt printing. Because do you, you want to buy a bond from Hive? Do you want to buy a bond from Hive for ten percent, or do you want to buy a bond on the secondary market for twenty percent? Well, that's not how it works. Like, you're so, just going to get, you're just no, going to no, go on the secondary market and be like, yeah, okay, no, let's do that. So the way I would use the secondary market, and I think most people would use the secondary market, is to buy a bond as a short-term type thing for collateral. So I can post that as collateral to get a liquid loan to then speculate with for a short period of time and, and then pay it all back. And that way I can make 60, 70% a year. Right. Except I'm, I, I'm putting just, the risk I don't on, think, on myself instead of the community. I don't think any of it makes sense because bonds have been around for like thousands of years, right? Yeah, but that's why it makes sense. The secondary the market came afterwards. So they had this thing and then bankers and whoever, traders, whatever, like created this derivative secondary market say hey we can take all this illiquid stuff and make it liquid mm. crypto is building all this infrastructure from the ground up we shouldn't be copying something that's like patchworked to together over thousands of years no, think, we should I be making we our, our own thing i think we absolutely should be copying it it was made in the 1950s it's not over thousands of years and it's way bigger bonding than... bonding is thousands of years old yeah bonding but this the current banking system the euro dollar system is is from the 1950s and it's just a bunch of bankers getting together in exactly the same way that we've all got together as nodes on hive and said let's have a stable value they don't even there's no there's not even any dollars in the system they just create value because they can continuously stake collateral and, and create a dollar value on top of it I'm just really, really unconvinced that copying a system that was like created before the internet is like the way to go. I'm just the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, uh, I don't know. No, it's, it has to happen. Like it, it, it's natural. Like if you have collateral, if you have a house or something that's illiquid that you can't get out of because it's not a liquid market, and you can post that to get liquid money to speculate with, that's a fantastic thing. That's like natural human behavior. I mean, unless you're against doing that which I, I, I don't understand why you would be. That's what they're doing on Ethereum right now. 
that's what they're doing on all these other chains. They can stake, they can stake their collateral, well, they can get a loan, and then they can speculate with that loan. We're just talking about I trading that on, in HBD, basically. When Vitalik created the um, AM, AMM stuff, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, we can use this. And then uh, we just never did. Like, yeah. this, it, it creates exponential liquidity. And instead, we're sitting here allocating inflation to removing liquidity from the market. Yeah, but I, I would It doesn't make sense that, to me. But I would argue that HBD is infinitely liquid already. It is. It, it will. It will serve any amount of HBD can be created based on what the market wants right now today. In, in if you ignore, if you ignore the spread and you say that a five percent spread between the ability to convert uh, the one dollar one dollar five cent spread is mm. acceptable, which I think it's more than acceptable. If you get a twenty percent APR, you're paying that off in three months, just just on the base layer without even using the bonding system. You probably pay it off in a month on, if you start using the bonding system as collateral. So I, I think yeah, it's with, great. I think it's a great fee. I, think it's I just think fee. with automated market making, uh, the liquidity between Hive and HPD would balloon exponentially. Yeah, like you'd but be able to I, I, you'd be able to, you'd be able to throw millions of dollars like. At at one time, be like, I want to buy millions of dollars of HPD right now what? for like. We're gonna have that as less well. than one less than one percent slip. Boom! But I did it. I don't it. understand. Like, we're gonna have crazy. that as well. That's gonna be there as well. Like both options are gonna be there. I mean, the, the only problem that I've got with your option is that you're trying to fund it with debt, which kind of worries me. But I still think that both systems. systems what is debt? Be. Who's who's the debt owed to? To the community. Well, no, debt, I should say, debt, debt is, yeah, debt is a loan. So who owes who? Just look if, walk if, me through if, it. if you ever get into a scenario where you get to the haircut and you dilute hive holders, that's who's paying the debt, right? The HBD more, is the more debt, you, right? The more that you expand that. No, HBD created via APR is debt. HBD created okay. by purchases of hive to convert to H HBD is pre pre backed HBD. It's a different thing. Well, okay, when you when you print USD. You right. don't print USD. No one prints USD. There's no dollar printing going yeah. on. This this idea that the dollar's been printed is is a fallacy. It's completely misguided. What, what do you mean? I, I'm, are you one of these people that thinks the US government prints the dollar? It's like the biggest psyops of all time. You you know I've been here for a while. Well, it's all right because I've I've learned this recently. I I used to come into the scene thinking that the US government printed the dollar, but it's it's very much not the case. The dollars, the I, dollar, I, didn't the say, dollars. I didn't say that though. Yeah, I know, but you kind of on the brink of it. So I said, I'm interested to when, see what you believe. When the dollar, dollar gets printed, wh where's it getting printed from? It's debt, right? Um, no, dollars no. are debt. No, what? I don't, what do I don't mean, believe no? that. No. You don't believe that fiat is debt. Um, I believe there's probably, I, I think you could probably say there's more debt in the system than, than fiat money. Yes, I would agree with that. But I don't think that you can equate dollars directly to debt. I think that I think well, that you can. You, you, I think the the misnomer that's happening is that the U.S. government prints debt; they don't print dollars. I'm not talking about the government. I'm talking about retail banking. It's just straight out well, of that's, that's all. That's all backed. That's all backed by deposits, collateral deposits. So that's fine, in my opinion. If it's collateral, if it's Co um, but the system will naturally self-correct. There's no massive expansion of dollar printing going on. There's a shortage of dollars, a massive shortage of dollars. 
and this is what's not understood, it's a massive side, this idea that the world's flush with liquidity. The reason that prices are high right now is because of COVID and the supply squeeze. That is why prices are high. And there's a war going on. They're doing very good at this. But they've got everyone thinking it's because there's too many dollars in the system because someone somewhere is printing dollars. I don't know where they're being printed from. Can you explain to me who's printing the dollars? And who's got the retail bank? Who's got control retail over banks. the but, 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 but they're only allowed to print dollars when they've got collateral backing the dollar printing. So they have to have a deposit of some collateral to create those dollars. They can't just create the what dollars about? out of thin air because if they did that, the US government would be at war with them. Credit cards. What's the collateral? Yeah, there's a limit on credit cards. It's not I infinite. mean, it's, it's the smaller market. It's a, it's a damn small market. You, you folks when dollars market. get printed, they're all owned back to the retail banking sector. Yeah, but they're, they're not so like they're not print. There's not some massive dollar printing going on. There's not some like we're this, kind of stuck on this thing that I yeah, wasn't we are, trying if, to get stuck if, on. Yeah, I'm, no, we can. We can, I, we can I wanted to say we can, we can agree to disagree, but my my fundamental basis here is that the dollar is not being printed, and there is no oversupply of dollars, and that is not why we have inflation. I'm not talking about inflation. Before we move, well, before we move too too much topic, I just wanted to wrap up my point, and then we can move on from the HVD. No, 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 I don't want to move on from HVD. No, no, but, we're not moving on from HVD. We've got to go back yeah. to HVD. But I just wanted, to, there's a yeah. fundamental misunderstanding. Well, I just wanted to get my, works. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if we're talking about the three-day lock, the three-day lock, as I said before, accomplishes no real good in the ecosystem. You're getting people to put their HBD out of circulation so they're not using it. There's no way to use it, and there's no way to build a bonding system on top so then they can use it on a secondary market. So if it did, let's say in theory it was wildly successful, you would have so much HBD out of circulation, people who are actual HBD holders not using it, you would find people not wanting to spend their HBD because they want to lock it for three days and get that 20%. It's the opposite of getting people to use HBD. Now, if you had a long lockup, let's say a year, arbitrary, it could be whatever, now you have bonding systems, now people can spend that HPD on the secondary market because it's useful, it can actually be a bond. But if you have too short of a period, you can't build bonding systems. You can't build a bonding system, you're only you're just absorbing HPD into a useless use case and punting, and punting uh, inflation at it. So I don't, like, outside of, oh, let's get a bunch of people to buy a bunch of HVD so they can get this high APR, but it's shooting ourselves in the foot because they're not going to use that HVD in e-commerce. It's not increasing the distribution of HVD in merchants, right? It's doing the opposite. It's saying lock your HVD up and never use it. So that's the, the new Is point. Isn't that, that bonding the same thing except even worse because it's a longer lock? Well, no, because now you have collateral on the second layer that you can use that is effectively HVD. It's like the Lightning Network. It's effectively Bitcoin. All merchants accept Lightning Network because it's easy to use. This will be the exact same thing. But with three days, you have no way. You have no bonding system. You have no certificate on another layer that you can trade because it's too short of a period to do so. So you literally are just have nothing to trade. You're just locking up the HP and never using it. With a bonding system, you absolutely can use the collateral for merchants. Bitcoin has proved this. You want people to trade their bonds directly with retail, like stores and stuff? Like, I'll trade you my bond for a. Of course, it'd be seen just as HPD. It'd be just wrapped HPD on another layer. Of course, that's the whole point. I think it's weird to um, to lock collateral 
and then create a secondary market and be like, look at how much liquidity we created. Because it's like, that's a net negative. Like, so how do, how definitely. Do you propose, so, so how do you propose solving this problem then? Because in, in my view, you have to have a collateral layer that you can post collateral to receive liquid speculative money and go speculate with. How do you do that with HBD just in liquid form on the base layer? I mean, I just wanted to point out that HPD, I don't even necessarily think of it as debt because when USD gets printed, you owe it to retail banking. Like you take a loan, you owe that money back. Mm. That's when the money gets created by retail. Mm -hmm. But when HPD gets created, nobody, that HPD isn't owed back anywhere. Like if the expand, you know, if, if the demand for HPD increases 20% a year, that never gets converted back into high. And it's just, it's just free, it, 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 it free is money circulating. Back. It is owed back if, if the ecosystem hits the haircut rule. That's when you get, you have to pay back. Because you, you, the, the, the hive holds will be, will be diluted. All the numbers show back. that none of that has any. Yeah, but it could happen. You know, it's happened it's, three times already. It's, it's crab. Well, it it's happened, happened three it times 10, already. 10, it's happened when it was 10%. We didn't have conversions in one of the directions, which was terrible. Like, we haven't tested it. It hasn't been tested. Yeah, I understand. Well, that's, that makes we it only, even more insane. We only threw... Um, Are you saying it's not hive, possible to test? Hive to HBD conversions into the deep end one time. That's it. Just yeah, but are, you, are you saying to me that this is impossible? And we stole test. all their money. We, we basically like they pumped the token, and we took all their money. Took all of it instantly. It was hilarious. You remember that? Like they pumped that. HBD to like two dollars, and we just like printed a bunch of HBD out of our hive, and we're like, thanks for the free money. Like it was crazy. But I, I mean, you, I can, see it on, you can see it on the chart. I don't understand it though. Are you are you saying that it's impossible for this to happen? This scenario, because if if it, if it is possible, which I believe it very much is, where we go to the haircut rule again, then I mean, you you are, you are effectively saying let's do this, let's print HBD, let's carry on, but we'll put the risk on the on the on the hive power holders, and they'll we'll dilute them when the time comes. That's what, that's I, what I effectively mean, the argument is, and I don't, I don't want to make that argument. I don't, I don't think that's I a fair argument. I don't think I'm making that argument at all. I think you are. I think you are. Uh, and maybe you don't. Maybe you're making it un unknowingly, but that's effectively what you're saying. I, d I don't believe you're a malicious person, but I, I do believe that by saying what you're saying, let's print HBD, let's print more, let's put the interest rate up to fifty percent, sixty percent. Fuck it, eighty percent. Why not? I think we could get away with that. I genuinely do. I think we could put it up to ninety percent and get away with it for a period of time until the market decides to call us in on it. And once it calls us in, I will pay as a HBD holder. I will be diluted. And I don't want to dilute other HP HP holders. I don't would think you, it's very would you be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so if you if we okay, just first of all, you're putting words in my mouth. I never said let's jack it up to ninety percent. Let's no, but I'm, I'm just ta I'm taking it to the extreme, right? I'm you've got to follow the logic, right? Where do we where right. do we stop? Where do we stop? You know, let's take it to eighty percent. Let's take it to twenty percent, right? Let's say twenty percent. Okay, and then we get called in. We're still going to dilute HP holders, so we're putting the risk right. on HP. So holders. we get called in. At when, at where thirty percent debt ratio? Yeah, potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the price of Hive goes down, the debt ratio goes up, and all those people get haircut, and all those people who thought they were earning eighty percent have to take a fifty percent loss because of the spot price. So they didn't actually gain any of that money that that they, that they thought they were going to get. It's just like it's all gone. Poof, haircut, took it all away. Like you can't really. I don't know. That's 
it's a very extreme example. Yeah, but it's it, yeah, but you have to take into account the extreme examples. I don't. I don't you think can't it just discard them. You can't just yeah, say they so, can't happen. But it's an extreme example that completely ignores the haircut and how it works. I don't agree. I don't agree. Because yeah, as people are dumping, the debt ratio goes up and the haircut kicks in, and all that yield that they thought they were earning gets haircut away, and we never had to pay it. But I mean. We've already talked about this so much. It's like I feel like it's played out. And what else were we talking about uh, during this one? I, I'm I'm intrigued why you, why you think this this is the case. I mean, I, I know I, I know at a certain point that the the HBD gets devalued, right, internally within the chain, um, which would then cut the HB the HBD holders and and put the risk onto them somewhat. I'm just they're, not they're convinced still, still, that longer time locks equal value. I don't think longer time locks equal value. I don't well, think we have any evidence lock. to suggest. Stop jumping around. That's the case. I'm not talking about the time lock. I'm talking about the the, the, the dilution here. So you would you would dilute the HPD. There is no dil there is no dilution. There's no dilution. No one gets diluted if we hit the haircut rule. How? I mean, what's how getting diluted? What's getting if diluted? People convert their HBD into Hive, right? At a lower price than they purchased than they converted it for, people are getting diluted. You, you're saying twenty percent is unsustainable, and I'm saying no. I'm just saying it's risky. Twenty uh, percent. I'm saying eighty percent is sustainable for a period it, of time. It's it's not risky at all, unless you don't think that HBD can grow at twenty percent a year. Like, do you, you think? Know, H, tell me how how much HBD is going to grow year over year on average in this environment. I have no idea. No one has it's any. looking pretty. It's looking pretty good to me. It's looking way over twenty percent to me. Yeah, but by doing like, that, you are doing it at the risk of diluting HB HBD holders and high power holders. Because if people convert uh, HBD their, holders H can't get diluted. What are you talking about? HBD like, holders the haircut can't get diluted. Hits. If the haircut hits, they will lose eight, like twenty percent, then fifty percent, then eighty percent of is their that, H HBD. Is this an appropriate conversation to have when we've been crab walking at five percent to seven percent debt always, ratio? It's for... always an appropriate conversation. We've you been crowd walking at five to seven percent for two years in a row during a bear market. The token, the collateral that underpegs HBD, has been has lost ninety percent of its value, and we have been at a five to seven percent debt ratio during a ninety percent loss of the collateral. Can you explain that? Does that make sense? That's market. That's market dynamics. That's, you just leave it to means, the market. That means that twenty percent yield worked, like like beyond wildest it worked expectations. For some people. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That's great. Like all the on-chain chain data that like DAOs is putting out, I'm like just like, wow, this is amazing. This is yeah, like no, the, better, I don't, I don't better than I could have possibly expected. I don't like, disagree. It's incredible. I don't disagree that the on-chain data shows that HBD is doing quite well at the moment. I completely agree. In fact, I've said several times on this call, I think the APR could be 80% and this chain could easily sustain it. I don't, I don't disagree. I'm not looking at those stats and having this there's argument. A, there's That's a sweet the spot. That no, that there's, there's a, a there's, there's a sweet there's a spot principle. between zero and say a hundred percent. That's the best, highest value generation, best bang for your buck. See, I, uh, I, I, I would approach it. Terrible. I approach it from a different point, right? I approach it from the like, angle of you are signaling twelve percent. Yeah, because we think that you can create twelve percent's not bad. Twelve percent's a good. 12% from an end user perspective, 12% like is awesome. Like, it think... doesn't, like, are we just, we might just be arguing for no reason. Like, no, no, we are 20, arguing because when, when 20, you, when you, 20% is awesome, 12% is awesome. When you listen to what I'm about to it's say, you may, you may be able to reconsider. What, what the bonding system does 
is it allows you to post collateral and speculate with that collateral, which means you remove any risk or minimize any risk on the base layer participants and you move it to layer two. So what I my think it adds volatility is, and just I please, think please let me finish. Up. Please let me just okay, finish. Sorry. Yeah. So because it because it's a very clear clue that you're we're talking past each other and you're not listening to what I'm saying. You just got your view and you're gonna you're gonna say it, you know, and I think we should be trying to listen to each other. So the point is that you can reduce the um, risk on the base layer by lowering the APR on the base layer and giving much higher APRs on the layer two, right? So you can get 30, 40, 50, 60%, but you take more risk on as a result instead of putting the risk of that system onto the community. Now, if you're saying that there's no risk in, a, in the way that we're managing HPD at the moment, then that's your opinion. I don't agree with it. I'm saying that we can't choose when the bonds unlock. So um, it makes it, it lowers our power to like make uh, real-time moves depending on what the network and the flags are telling us. Like if we issue a bunch of bonds that are going to unlock in a year, uh, then those bonds are going to unlock in a year and we don't have any control over that. And there's no reason to uh, create a situation where we just have to like hope that it's going to be good a year from now. And if it's not, we have to double down and create more debt to eat up that debt that we just created. I don't, I don't well, think hold that's... on. The, the, the question is, is how, how does there's going to be? Well, let, let me say this real quick. There, there's going to be people who are locking up all the time, and the benefit of a long lockup is you precisely know when it's coming. If you see a long lockup coming seven months from now, the free market can adjust and see it coming. It's not blind spotted. And it's not just like a fixed yearly rate. I, the APR can change, right? So if somebody got a, a you know a long lockup for a year last year, it might not be the same rate for a year this um, this time. But the long what I've yet to hear is the benefit of a short lockup, because my argument is you're literally taking HBB off the market and you're not putting it in circulation. You're not encouraging people to spend it, and then you can't take loans against it, which is awesome for a stable coin. And you've got to buy high. Awesome for loans. And you've got to buy high. So it's like we're 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 just throwing a bonding. So it's like your your short lockup anti bonding system, which I agree disagree with. I like longer lockups so we can have a bonding system. Three yeah. days was thrown in there for a protection. Not for APR, so it makes zero sense to build our base around three days when it literally was not even put there for APR. It's put there for account protection. Do you agree? So we just have this arbitrary number that doesn't make any sense, and we shouldn't rally around it because it's obviously too short. Okay, in my opinion. Do you, so. do, do you agree that we should be using this money to create liquidity? I mean, no, if you're think... talking about AMM AM, 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 um, inflation directing something not towards necessarily. that, I think that can easily happen on a second layer. Um, there's well, no reason that couldn't happen on a second the, layer. The, in my opinion, the market is choosing not to provide liquidity right now. That's the issue. If the market wanted liquidity, then it would create HBD out of buying hive off the open market. That's what would happen. And the market doesn't want liquidity right now, so it's not, it doesn't have it. That's the reason. Um, maybe it's partly because people don't understand that you can do that, and they're, they're kind of waiting. Because one of the one of the critiques I've seen of HPD is it's not liquid enough. So yeah, that's because you. But it is liquid enough. It is liquid enough. You can go create as much HPD as you want. But people don't know that. They just look at the size of the existing HPD pool and uh, say it's not liquid. Only at a huge penalty. Well, five percent is not much of a penalty to pay on a twenty percent per year. Five percent is where it starts. Like it can go up to. 
125 pretty easily with a lot of demand. Um, $2, it can't go above $2 because um, then you can infinitely print HPD at $2. Uh, no, but, I mean, look, so it, we're just talking about like creating, just talking about buying Hive off the open market and then paying the five percent fee to create HPD from it, which is it's not a five. It's not a five percent fee. It's a very um, aggressive, like five hundred percent yield long position that lasts for three point five days. So are you saying weird. that we shouldn't? Are you saying that we shouldn't be able to create HPD by buying Hive off the market and converting it to HPD? No, I'm just saying that. What would be a reason? We're ignoring slippage and ignoring the low liquidity of it and saying, oh, it's infinitely ignoring, liquid. I don't think and, we're ignoring, like, ignoring slippage. Um, you know, the, it would be nice if there were millions of dollars of liquidity on the order book, uh, you know, at a dollar. But that takes bots. Um, I'm kind of annoyed that we don't have like an internal market that can measure, you know, how the internal market measures. Um, hive in terms of dollars instead of HBD in terms of dollars. It's kind of annoying. Like, it would be really nice if I could set an order on the internal market and I said, I want to sell HBD at a dollar and one cent and I want to buy it at 99 cents. But you can't do that because it requires an oracle um, so that Hive can know how much a dollar is worth compared to HPD. Uh, yeah, that's but kind of a, like a, a dollar is a dollar, right? Isn't a dollar just a dollar? It's like a meter. But Hive doesn't know what a dollar is. So we need witnesses to act as oracles to tell Hive what a dollar is. Mm -hmm. I think that's um, good, though, because those people Which is are... kind of confusing. I think that witnesses on Hive are like really valuable oracles that we're not yep. using correctly yet <laughs> we haven't yeah, really I, figured that out i agree with that uh yeah i think there's I mean, a lot of value there that's just kind of like if because i i didn't like when i first got into crypto and i was looking at stuff like chain link i was like wow this is so cool because i didn't know how it works and now that i more know how it works and what the it's it's like all, all multi-sig people are like yeah you know five people control the whole thing right and i'm like oh really like mm -hmm. hive is better than that hive is better than chain link like our witnesses are better than chain link because mm -hmm. With, with Chainlink, it's just five static accounts that control everything. Yep. But with exactly. Hive, if someone messes around, if someone fucks around, they're going to find they're out. Gone. They're going to get yeah. voted out like immediately. Exactly. So like Hive is like way better than Chainlink. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I just, I've got to bring the conversation back to where we, we can't get past because I'm still confused as to, like to me, the system is very clearly, you do a long lock-in, you get a higher API on the base layer. You move the risk to the layer two by having a bonding system as a result where you can use collateral to speculate with. Um, that will create so much money on Hive, you can't even begin to imagine the quantities. Um, I think at the same time as we do that, we can still have an automated market maker system, but I just think the base layer APR should be lowered. Um, I think that the, the high APRs can be made on the speculative layer too with the, with the collateralization system. I don't see what's so controversial about that. I think it's quite conservative I, and prudent, I, actually. I think it sounds fair, but I don't think it creates the most value. Like, I don't care about FAIR. I want to create the most but, value for the network. But hold on. Like, so, I, so you, are, you, are you telling me then that, that like, there's quadrillions of dollars worth of value in the euro dollar system, and we're effectively mimicking that? That is insane value that could flow into Hive because of these collateral provisions. 
why why wouldn't that create insane value i, d I don't understand because i think that what we have now is is already better than that and i think it's, it's it gives us more control too because it it doesn't um it doesn't like random amounts of collateral aren't unlocking during like the unbonding process and all this other stuff that like but we shouldn't have to worry those, about it because how do you know those bonds won't just roll over like they normally do in normal bond markets well, well like there's a certain amount of demand for hive right, or for hpd right like mm. people want to hold it for certain reasons one of those reasons is mm. yield uh yeah i don't think increasing the time lock increases the demand to like hold i think it lowers it i think it's actually like bad like mm. there will be more hpd in circulation if we don't have these time locks and bonding system i think that more hpd will be hpd will be created without of it out of it <laughs> and then mm -hmm. uh from that more hive will get converted and you know we kind of have to see what well, happens I think, I think you're gonna have a i think you're gonna have a problem there because you're saying you can create um expand the amount of hpd out there but it's like to what extent if it's a short lockup you have no bonding system thus you have no way to spend that hpd so what you're turning hpd into a hodl coin where people just hodl to get interest and they can't take loans off of their collateral so it's very primitive and it doesn't encourage hbd use case whereas with the bonding system you get both you get yeah. hbd being bought and hodled and then you have it being speculated and spent and used on the second layer where you can make loans you can buy things you can trade you can speculate all of that goes out the window with a short time lock that's what i'm trying to stress here i also I can't mean, understand the idea of the apr like being used to inflate the price you're talking about 30 years like this isn't going to happen tomorrow it's gonna if you just focus on using apr at 20 percent, even 30 percent, it's going to take 30 years to get a decent amount of liquidity into the market it's just i don't, I don't understand i mean the the conversion isn't going anywhere. We can create Hive out of, no matter what path we choose here, like that, that's not a valid argument. That's what I've been saying. You use the conversion to bring, to get people to buy Hive yeah. off the open market. If, if I get my way, years. that doesn't go away. It doesn't go anywhere. I don't know why you keep bringing it up. Like it's just going to disappear. Like it's weird. Well, I find it weird that, that we're saying that we're going to use, get liquidity into the market by inflating a via APR. I don't, like as you said, no, it takes thirty years to get to any type of inflation. No, that's not what I said. I said we don't have to pay back the debt if the growth rate of HBD is higher than the yield we're offering on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that in principle. But I also plan for the worst case scenario because I know that we can't really predict what's going to happen to the market, and that's why I want to. I want to. No. I want to remove as much of the APR off the base layer as possible and put it onto the layer two, onto the bonding system where people can take their own risk and speculate themselves and uh, make passive income that way uh, without putting too much risk onto the base layer holders like the HP holders and the HPD holders, which is yeah, what we're doing I'm right just, now. I'm opinion. failing to see how the bonding system and the, and the secondary market for that creates liquidity. Because because what happens is, is you can now go, yeah. you can, I mean, take, you can take your bond, you... you can go to a private speculator and you can you can say, hey, take my bond and give me a shit ton of liquid money that I can go buy with. You've just created a shit ton of liquidity out of thin air that you didn't have before. If you had control of it, what would your time locks be for bonding? I'd probably set them at normal, just normal bonding, like uh, six 30 months, years. three months, three months, six months, uh, three months, six months, 
a year and two years probably is where I'd go to mm -hmm. at max. And I wouldn't give, I, I personally don't think that two year bond holders should get more than like 15%. And do you think you could analyze the blockchain and show that like, that's going to be good? Do you think that you could show that, oh yeah, these big holders, they're, they're locked in for longer now uh, compared to the old system? I just system. think it makes logical sense that if, if the longer you're locked in, the, the more stake you have, the more diehard you are. Like they want to be locked in anyway, though, just from the yield. So what's wrong right. with it then? They don't, they don't care if there's a time lock or not. They're going to hold the same amount of time. No so matter what's what. wrong with it then? Let's do it. I don't think it adds, I, I think it adds uh, liability for no reason. I don't think it what's, adds value. What's the liability? Uh, it lowers demand because pe some people are going to look at that and be like, ah, I don't want to get involved with this. If my uh, see, I, I'd, I'd be the complete opposite. I would be in, I, I don't hold HBD right now, but that and, and then would make me hold HBD. When you create a secondary market, they're like, okay, cool. I can get in and I can sell on the secondary market, but then uh, people sell on the secondary market, they push the yield up what? and what now Hive you wouldn't doesn't. use the secondary market to sell. Like it would, that wouldn't be the prime. That wouldn't be the primary use for a secondary market. The, the secondary market would be there so that people could easily go in to get hold of collateral, and then use that collateral to get loans. That's what the secondary market is for. You're going to use the bonds as collateral for yes. loans to yes. create a different derivative. You're going to use the bonds as collateral to get loans to speculate with. So, for example, let's say what bonds? Let's let me explain an example of how you would use this. Let's say there's an airdrop coming up in, on Ethereum, and it's looking pretty good. I don't know; it's one of the, the better airdrops. But you have to hold. Uh, let's just say Ethereum, right? So you have to have Ethereum in order to get hold of this airdrop. The airdrop happens on a snapshot in two days from now, and I've got a thousand dollars, right? I could go buy a thousand dollars worth of Ethereum just before the air, the snapshot and sell those thousand dollars worth of Ethereum um, and get my hive back, right? straight after the snapshot and then I could claim the airdrop with a thousand dollars worth of the snapshot or I could put that thousand dollars into an HBD bond go um, get a loan against that bond for because it's going to be such good collateral because it's on a transparent blockchain that always clears for one dollars worth of HBD in theory the interest rate is going to be incredibly low and I won't have to put I won't have to over collateralize that much so I'll be able to get a much bigger loan than the than the original value that I've got so I'll be able to get like a thousand and a half dollars or so right and then i can take that thousand and a half dollars now and i can go buy the i can go buy the ethereum token with a thousand and a half dollars instead of a thousand and i can get 50 percent say more of the snapshot of the, of the airdrop than i would have got before at almost zero risk and then when it all go when i close out of it all and i claim the airdrop and i go back i've now got more airdrop tokens than i would have had and i've paid everyone along the way a small percentage for having provided me that liquidity that's exactly you're what it's gonna for. borrow more than a thousand dollars with a thousand dollars worth of collateral potentially yeah uh what asset are you borrowing i mean even even if i can't but even if i can't get more than a thousand dollars worth of hbd right i've still got my hbd bond which is only me a passive income of of 20 apr that i wouldn't have, that i would have had to get rid of if i wanted to go and buy the airdrop in in ethereum so someone on hive is gonna let you borrow a thousand hbd with your collateral as I'm not, I don't know the exact, I don't know the exact numbers, but the, the system, this isn't new technology. These systems are well established. The, the rates are well uh, well established in off off hive on the euro dollar system. It's it, exactly yeah, the same it, thing. it isn't new technology. It's it's technology that's existed 
before the internet was existed. It's so not even technology. It's, it's just a, it's just base. It's just principle. Like ledger, people would do even stuff. if they didn't have. People would do it even if they didn't have technology. People have been doing it for centuries. This is what people do. They like to, like, if I've got a load of gold, I can't. I don't want to sell my gold, but I need I need cash. So I'm going to give my gold to a bank, and then the bank's going to give me cash, and then I have to pay that cash back in a certain time period, and they'll give me my gold back. Right? It's very it's basic stuff. It's like we just need to mimic it on Hive, and HBD bonds are the perfect vehicle through which to do that. Yeah, I just maybe it's inappropriate to be even having this conversation with you know Taskmaster sitting here in the audience not talking because he he's like obviously the most knowledgeable person about all this stuff. I just I don't know. I think I think I'm pretty knowledgeable. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing it yet. I, I really tried to get on board with this whole bonding thing, and like the more I thought about it, I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced. Yeah, but if if you've got if you've got um like if you've got money that's making you twenty percent right. But you want forty percent. How do you go about loaning that out to get collateral to make you more money? Like that's the question that we're trying to solve here. But then, I but mean, then my, my end solution to it is that you would then be able to lower the twenty percent and replace that with speculative on the layer two. I mean, it, it's all going to come down to smart contracts and layer two. Right? It will all be on smart contracts on layer two. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. But I, I want to be able to take my HBD as a locked-in item and provide it as collateral to someone to get a loan that I can then go speculate with their money, give them a passive income for it so they're happy, they didn't have to do any work, and I make my speculative bet, make some money off that, take that back. And if the bet goes wrong, that's my issue. I don't have to make the, force the HBD holders and the HB holders to pay that, to pay that issue for me, which is what we're doing right now, in my opinion. Nothing yeah, wrong. I just think the amount of liquidity created just with like a basic AMM pool between Hive and HPD would be like we could do that too. Millions and millions of dollars of yes, liquidity yes, between the two. Yes, we will do that too. That will be done too. In fact, it's um, being built right now um, on VSC, and we're going to use Bitcoin and the Hive HPD swap. How are you and feeling about that? By the way, the uh, the wrapped Bitcoin on VSC. I think it's the most critical thing to Hive security right now at this moment. Do you do you think it's going to work well without any exploits or? I don't. I mean, we, obviously, that I, I trust the guys that are building it. I think they're amazing yeah. devs, and I think that they'll that you know I know that they're going through a very rigorous testing phase. I think they're just about to go into testnet, and we'll let the community test it for as long as the community is happy, and then once the community is happy, we'll. Well, I say we'll because the ability that. to the ability to transfer around a. Um, secure wrapped uh bitcoin derivative on hive is like crazy it's yeah it's kind it's of amazing. crazy to think about it's amazing well we tested it a few weeks ago and we were distributing like 10 cents worth of bitcoin to people and people in countries like nigeria were saying oh my gosh it's the first time i've ever been able to get hold of any bitcoin thank you so much the reason i can't get hold of bitcoin normally is because the fees are so high whereas this is zero fees so now we can send micro amounts of bitcoin everywhere and it's actually literally banking the unbanked <laughs> You know, these people yeah. couldn't get hold of Bitcoin before. So Nigeria is the best. They have so there's so much potential in Nigeria and like crypto just needs to like tap into it. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like all these all these people, they they, they want to work. Like if you can get a job in Nigeria for like five dollars an hour, you take it. Like like that's a lot of money. It's crazy.
you know, I mean, I mean, you see this in many countries where they have the, the local currency is volatile against the dollar. They literally want to use HBD. They literally. Yeah, want to I, I was talking to a guy on Twitter. Uh, he's a he's a Bitcoin maximalist from Nigeria, and I'm like, wow, I've never seen your like before. Um, he was posting some stuff about how uh, the the Naira uh, value to USD. I think it was 700 Naira to $1 a year ago, and now it's like 1,500. One year later, it's like dropped 50% or more in a single year. It's just crazy to think about. Like People have to deal with that kind of devaluation, hyperinflation in other countries. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it directly in Venezuela as well, you know, where the people there are currently, like, this is actually relevant to the conversation today because we've got an article here um let me just let me just read this out because it's good reference um is it Joel? no bear with me bear with me um it's this one taskmaster actually posted it uh it's coin telegraph it's argentina inflation unofficial exchange crypto caves uh, inflation in torn argentina locals use crypto caves to avoid bitcoin so what's happening is people are using unregistered pools of USDT. Um, so when they earn their Argentinian pesos, I believe it is, they instantly exchange it on these crypto caves or basically illegal pools into USDT. So they now have a stable value and they're not using Bitcoin to transfer their pesos into to escape the inflation. Um, this is because the USDT is just so much more useful and Utah and it's got low fees and everything like that um so I th it's a very interesting phenomenon that's taking place it's real and it's happening the same way in venezuela i assume it's very similar in nigeria um i know it happens where i was in, in ukraine as well a lot of people using usdt unfortunately a lot of this is happening on the tron blockchain um but i, I, gen I genuinely see it as a massive gap in the market for hbd and I think it's a great place that HBD can shine, especially with the ability for HBD to be able to be earned via blogging instead of having to go and purchase it on a market somewhere. Um, that is good, good HBD inflation, in my opinion. Do you know anything about banking APIs? Like, is it possible to interface with a bank and be like, yeah. yes, this account, this account definitely paid this account. I can guarantee it. Because like, it seems like we should be connecting to these systems like kind of stealthily, yeah, but yeah. we can't because they like, won't give up the information because it's private. What's happened in, in Venezuela, um, they have a system, I forget the name of it, but it's where all the shops that accept Lightning and crypto, they've all got a Binance email address on them. And you, what you do is you take USDT and you plug into, um, you plug their email in and it pays them fearlessly in USDT across to their Binance address, as long as you've got a Binance address, right? And there's other companies who are able to take APIs from that system and use that payment system on their own front ends. So that's, we should be figuring out a way to build something to tie HBD into that so that these people, instead of having to exchange the pesos that they earn or the bolivars that they earn into USDT, they, they can just blog and earn HBD and then go spend it to a Binance address. But yeah, we need an API plugin to be able to do that. Um, and the set, like you say, the same with the private with the private banks. Um, I guess we just need connections. And that's about going to shows and meeting people and things like that, which we're doing okay at, but we're not, not quite full power on it yet, I don't think.
But yeah, I mean, we, we want to do a similar thing in, in Mexico as well, where we have a front end, a community front end, a breakaway community front end for the local town here, Rosarito. We're going to onboard several business owners that we know. And then as their users come and blog to that site about the fact that they've spent money at that shop, that shop will get a delegation and they'll be able to upvote the person that's blogging about having spent money there. So they get some money back off their purchases, right, in, in that way. And that way, then we're distributing HBD around the town. Um, so I think that's going to be, it's, it's powerful stuff because I don't know another stable coin that can do that with the economic controls that HBD has. Yeah, how long do you how long do you feel like before they start banning um, <laughs> vendors from accepting crypto? They're like, no, you're getting around like everything. Like you're mm -hmm. not allowed to accept crypto. Like it's going to become a black market. Like mm -hmm. you're going to have to like they're going to have to be paying for stuff like illegally. It, it's just crazy to think about. We we think we think that there's like what's happening in Nigeria with the water well. Sorry, in Ghana with the water wells. What's happening in Venezuela with various community-based projects there? That's Hive's security in many ways. You know, Hive. If Hive has enough of that going on, when these bans come in, then the the people, the local people, just turn around and say, "No, like this. This is literally feeding our community water. We're not going to stop using this currency." And at that point, if you get enough people, then you have a fighting chance. But Hive really needs to do well you know do a little bit better than it's currently doing at that i think uh, the at these you know benevolent community projects because those are really the people that are going to turn around and, and say no we want to keep using this currency it's it's legit you know we have enough of them you know what type of argument you're going to be making if you're a government saying we're going to shut you down and the people that will now be conjuring water it's we, we i think we've got a, a, a fighting chance there um but you're right at oh some yeah point, for we sure have to expect that this is going to happen you know the, you have to expect that we're going to be shut down in some way the political outrage because yes. eventually crypto is going to become a necessity because we can we can all see the environment that we're in yeah. is totally unsustainable and like people are going to need crypto to survive and they're gonna be like yeah. you want to you want to take away my survivability like people are just going to be like no like sorry like it's not happening and that's yeah. going to create a lot of that's going to create like a lot of friction but uh, it. yeah it's it's going to hurt but and, and you know the, it, it's like it has to happen yeah, it has to happen. This, this is where we have to go. Like, the thing for me is HBD is the perfect tool to do that with. You know, there isn't another tool that can be used in the way that that can be used to, to, to serve all of these different parties and allow them to earn the, you know, pump, pump the token into the, economy, into the economies of these people autonomously via blogging and content creation, doing cool things for the community. Um, it's so powerful. And so, so here we are. We're going into this, you know, this environment that we have with the, this economic environment that we have the doors are closing in and we have all of the perfect tools to fight it with um i know which ship i'm jumping on um <laughs> we just gotta gotta do the do what we think is right you know and i think that's the only way that we can ensure some some semblance of digital freedom for our for the next generation going forward you know um if we don't if we if we lose this battle then i think it's going to be a very dark world you know, I don't, I don't yeah. see how we how we maintain digital freedom. And I mean, I, yeah, I'm honestly shocked that better stablecoin than HBD hasn't like presented itself. Like mm -hmm. the reason why we put yield at 20% in the first place was to compete with like UST and yeah, yeah. Titan and 
all these other coins that crashed to zero during one bull market. I mean, one bear market. One bear market well, wiped them all out. They're all gone. We, we were then... there. We, we were there too. We, we had our APR at 20% for a few months there as well when that happened because it was like, yeah, this is the time to do it, but it, it didn't catch on as, as far as yeah. I can tell. No, I mean, yeah. and we're not in competition with these people. Um, once you take a step back and realize what HPD really is, it is a place where people who don't have banks or don't trust banks can go and get a stable dollar. They can keep their dignity. They don't need to submit documents and ID and all of this crap. Uh, no one else can compete with that. And that like, it's going to be very, very apparent in the next year or two that USDT and all these things that people think they're moving around and it's wild, wild west and they can get away with anything, they're going to have to KYC to withdraw their USDC. Period. It's going to happen. There's no two ifs, ands, ors, or buts about it. But people live in this cognitive dissonance where they think, oh, well, no, it's, it had to happen yet, so, you know, I have time. Whereas HBD, we took the long route, and we actually have something that's truly censorship-resistant. And we've proven that we're censorship-resistant, and we know we can continue to be, because the killer use case for HBD is zero fees, instant settlement, peer-to-peer. -peer. You don't need middlemen. You don't have to worry about censorship. You don't have to worry about clearing times. It's a merchant's best friend. It is a community's best friend. And as Matt was just saying, brute forcing HBD adoption into communities is the next step. Go to your local community. Start getting them to blog. Start curating content based on that community. Get the HBD and Hive into this community. Once it reaches critical mass, enough merchants accept it, people know how to do it, it becomes turnkey. But this is a per person's blockchain. It's a people's blockchain. You have to build this stuff. We have to physically connect Hive to the real world. Get it into the people's hands that actually need it because there is a lot of people that need it. And in the next two years, HBD, the idea of it at least, the idea of having a store of value that can't be seized that's tied to the dollar, it would be a pipe dream for most people, and it would be an absolute necessity for a lot of people. So we have to keep that in mind and go where the ball is going, have some confidence. And, yeah, I think this goes far beyond just tokenized community front ends for people who have like mind on the Internet. I think you can go to a town, Ghana has proved this, where you can connect people from the outside world in, get the locals on board and connected, building reputation, finding ways to add value for value, and before you know it, you build up an entire town, and a town, it goes further, right? Because maybe you talk about po politics on a, on a site that censors you. Well, if you go to, let's say, Rosarito Front End, right? Like, the reviews are real. The outcries are real. You can't censor that shit. And people will end up, eventually, going to those sites for news. Oh, what's happening in Rosarito right now? Hello, let's go see what's going on. What restaurants are popping? Well, you know, what's the atmosphere like? And imagine having your own decentralized front end is amazing. It's like uh, uh, some futuristic stuff. So it's exciting. And that's the next way to get HBD adopted. It's just you know, shaking hands and meeting people and getting this technology where, you know, where it matters. Addicted, are you familiar with the spend HBD tag? No, I saw it for the first time today. You, you oh. did it with that guy that was a founder and he Alex. blocked me immediately because I was very rude to him. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about him in a bit as well. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the spend HBD tag I think is is super important to support because there's people all over the world who are uh, going and spending HBD in either 
place that accepts lightning, which means they can use, they can spend HBD using V for V app or a place that's already got Hive Keychain store where they can just spend their HBD directly. And they're going and filming themselves, scanning the QR codes, posting it to this tag, spend HBD. And uh, we, we, we and anyone else that wants to can go and vote these people and effectively get, get their money back. So, so as they're purchasing, they, they've got a good chance if they're filming it, that they, they're going to be able to get a good chunk, of, if not all the money back, maybe some more uh, from their purchase. And that way, that gives them the money to go do the next one and the next one, the next one. And we try and keep this going and um, build, build something up where we've got, we, we, we're already building a front end for it for spend HBD. Um, and then we can market that and direct people towards that. And then anyone across the world can get involved with recording themselves, um, um, spending HBD and earning some money back for, for their purchases. Well, wow, that's awesome. I got to upload those. Cause like just the, the whole circular economy of that is like, oh, you mm. just keep doing it. If you keep getting upvotes, like just keep, it's, it's like, we're paying for marketing kind of like viral, peer to peer marketing. That's yeah. kind of crazy. I, I saw Alex and the Alex, merchants love it. So the, the merchants, merchants love it. they if they keep if they keep getting people coming back, they're going to get more and more used to it. And then before long, they're like, you know, this is you know, I don't have to worry about fees. It's instant. It's just no hassle. It's so easy. It works, man. It's it's hard. Like we actually have a product. I don't call it a product. A protocol that's fucking awesome. Like it's cool. We're not trying to sell anything. It's like this fucking. You know, this you should try this. This is awesome. It'll change your life. It'll change the way you view things. Um, so you got to be a bit proud of that. All the merchant has yep. to do is use the the V for V URL. You know the, the point of sale for the V for V, for example. They don't yeah, piggybacking off the Lightning Network. So yeah. it's like think about that. All the infrastructure Lightning Network had to do, all that centralized bullshit they had to do, Jack or whatever Mullers and all these people coming. We just piggyback right off the fucking side of it. We're like, oh, you accept Lightning, you also accept HVD, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's why when people call Hive a scam, I'm like, dude, take my money for free. What are you right, talking right. about? It's a scam. Like, do you know scams that give away money for free? Like, it's, it's, get out of here. It's, it's one way that you can spot a scam. If the, if the scams come in and saying, hey, you can earn the token, you don't have to buy anything, then it's probably not a scam. Oh, man. Scam that's lasted many bull and bear markets, apparently. The scam that won't go away, like Bitcoin, right? 12 yeah. years, 13 years it's like no scam, no scam in crypto has ever survived a single bear market. Bear markets are amazing for crypto. They like just slay everything like instantly. Absolutely. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I just, I can't think, I don't think we can, we can scream enough about the spend HBD initiative. And I, I, for example, Alex Rourke is a great example there over in Guatemala. He specifically stated in his last video that he's using the earnings from his first video to pay for this next meal. Uh, it's just great. It's great to see it happening. Um, so, yeah, more of that stuff. And, you know, certainly I know several whales who are on that tag supporting people and uh, trying to get them their money back for their purchases. So let's use it. Will we see any videos of you addicted uh, <laughs> doing any spend HBDs or are you staying in on uh, visually? Ah, you never know. <laughs> never say never. Like, uh, or Jason's mask. What? Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, I think about throwing on the uh, the V for Vendetta Guy Fox mask, but uh, you know, Osmond Baker already does that, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be copying his style. Appropriation. <laughs> I'm sure we could just say that you're Osmond Bank. You wouldn't be able to do anything about it anyway. 
True, true. We are all Ausbit Bank. We're all Ausbit Bank. <laughs> Just go up with an Aussie accent and order your order your coffee. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm I'm going to read through a couple of questions here. Um, before we move on to critiquing this uh, this other blockchain that we've seen. Um, IJAT says, do you know how advanced is the coding process bridging the Ton ecosystem and Hive one? I know there have been meetings about it and it could be a big opportunity to introduce HBD to 800 million Telegram users in particular through their non-custodial wallets. Interesting. I haven't even looked into that. I mean, I know that Ton's the, the Telegram. So, Ton? Yeah, T-O-N. But it's... um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If Look I'm, into it. Telegram's a little bit too centralized for my liking, to be honest. Um, so I, I don't know how it works on a crypto network exactly. And I do believe that they had a centralized ICO. So it doesn't quite jive with my um, morals in the network, in the ecosystem. But if there's a way to piggyback on Ton and, and use their technology to get stable coins that can't be KYC to 800 million people, then I'm certainly not going to disagree with that. Ah, yes, mighty possibly. Might possibly appreciate your submittal here. It's a square one and a, a rectangle one for the thumbnail competition. So, uh, I mean, if, <laughs> good, good try, good try. We'll give you a bit of a vote for that. Appreciate that. Keep submitting your thumbnails for the show. We do, we do reward well for those. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see if we've got another couple of questions here. Um, B says exactly in years from now, HBD will definitely skyrocket. And people will want to get into it. That's more like the next big thing. So we need to let more people uh, be aware of it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, although Skyrocket, yeah, in terms of usage, the price should stay around a dollar, actually. Um, nice submittal on the thumbnail B. If you can submit a square one with that, we'll reward that as well. Uh, so we can put it on the podcast. I want to see if Taskmasters, I know Taskmaster was commenting a bit earlier. Um, welcome to come on task if you want. He says, lol, but the dollar is going to crash. I don't think the dollar is going to crash. It's a meter. Um, that's an interesting one, actually, Dick. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on whether or not, like, where you think the dollar's going. Do you think it's going away? I, I mean, they, they did really abuse it recently with the whole freezing people's funds. Um, but it's it's almost like it's embedded into society where it's a unit of value now, like a meter, rather than you know, something that's under the control of the U.S. government. Yeah, when, you know, when I first started learning about this stuff back in 2017, like, you know, reasons why mm -hmm. Bitcoin's important and mm -hmm. central banking is terrible and unsustainable. And like, I thought I had a handle on it. You know, the whole Dunning-Kruger uh, chart. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm an expert now, like after, <laughs> you know, uh, 20 hours of research or whatever. But, you know, when Taskmaster speaks, he has like, yeah actual education on these things and like knows how the inner workings of some of these things work. And I'm just like, I don't know anything about the financial yeah. sector anymore. I'm just like, uh, I have no he, idea. He swayed like, me on a lot of this stuff. He's really swayed me on a lot of this stuff. I know the only thing that we disagree with Taskmaster on is, well, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. 20% APR isn't sustainable. I think it is, but I just don't like where it's putting the risk. Um, whereas other people like yourself would argue that it's okay. It's acceptable. Um, but apart from that, like, like, some of the things that Taskmaster said over the years, I'm like, holy shit. And you can't argue with it. It's like, yeah, he's really swayed my mind on a lot it, of things. And... It's like all those things that, like, not that you don't know. It's things that you don't know that you don't know. Like, right, stuff right, that you right. didn't even fathom existed. And you're just like, yeah. what? What are you talking yeah. about? 
I think I think this whole you know it's really put into picture for me that I think what we're building on Hive is a mirror of the euro dollar system, except it will be transparent, except we'll be able to. I I'm not like anti banker or anti politician. I've got a problem with some of the things that they've done and the way they've covered things up. But a system like Hive, if it's truly managed in a neutral way, it's for everyone. And I I like to think that some of us someday are going to be pitching a euro dollar replacement system to the bankers because the euro dollar system is broken. They've broken their system after 2008. They can't get collateral anymore apart from US dollars, um, which is why the US can print so much, so much debt. Um, but it's, it's like their system's broken and they need, they need a replacement and they're going to try and build one themselves. Again, it will be centralized. The mistakes will be covered up and it's like, it's like, no, no, come over and use this transparent one. You can use pseudo anonymous accounts, but it's transparent. So everyone can see where the interest rates are. Everyone can see where the risk is. Everyone can see when things are going to come due and people can then assess the risk based on that. It's an open system. So it means the interest rate is going to be incredibly low. It means that the risk that they'll be taking will be incredibly low and the mistakes will be in the open. So there'll be a lot more risk averse. Uh, whereas the, the current euro dollar banking system allows them to operate somewhat in the shadows. And I'm sure there's many skeletons in the closet there. Um, and, and it's broken. It doesn't work for them anymore. They're not lending to each other anymore. So it's like, yeah, maybe Hive, maybe Hive can be that base layer that, that that helps those guys get back to normal operations. And I don't mean the dodgy, sketchy stuff with the money laundering. I mean legitimate above board collateral provisions and loans. Um, I think there's a great opportunity there for Hive, and it's and it that system in itself is so much bigger than the U.S. government and these interest rates they're fiddling with. This this is the realization of had listened to task. It's like. You don't really comprehend how small the U.S. government is. It's like a penny in a bar. You know, the bar is the banking system. The bar is the euro dollar system. It's massive, you know, compared to that little penny over there that's going on the media. Oh, we're going to put the interest rates up. It's like it, it makes almost zero difference whatsoever. And I think people still associate the U.S. dollar with the U.S. government. And I think this euro dollar system has really moved the dollar away from that uh, and i don't think it's any longer in the hands of the u.s government in many ways um so i, I just look at that and i'm like oh, oh that's what hive, that's what hive is hive is the euro dollar system i think um it's you know we our chosen unit of stable value at the moment is the u.s dollar which is what they've done they don't they don't print any dollars or make any dollars the same with us we don't print or make any hbd we just back it with hive the difference is, is that there's a legitimate backing in that the Hive ecosystem has to have social interactions and people powering up and staking Hive and delegating Hive to new users to get a sustainable economy going, which, you know, that's kind of on, on the shoulders of the apps to produce. And if the apps can keep growing and keep doing their, their good work, then over time we'll see a sustainable economy develop. And that'll be the basis upon which you can build all these, these loan systems and replace the euro dollar system, basically. So I've, I think there's an opportunity to bring these people in in that way. And not make enemies out of them, and not, you know, have a compromise with them instead of a, a war, as it were. Yeah, we we people too many people just root for all infrastructure to just be destroyed, like at once. And it's like, do you want the entire world to be in chaos and like a billion people to die? Like we can't. Right. It's not something to root for. That. Like no, exactly. Like exactly. we need a very slow, slow. controlled demolition yes. of yes. like the legacy system with. Yes. 
crypto taking over very slowly. Like we don't yeah. want to move too fast. We're just going to break everything if we do that. Absolutely. Like, this is, I think a lot of people that they don't realize what they, you know, it's all like, oh, screw the dollar. It's like people's the, lives. Uh, but it's people, people's lives. And, and ho hopefully this is the, the starting. And I call it a parallel economy. I don't really, I don't know whether the word circulars um, drives with me as much anymore, but certainly a parallel economy where you, you, you go use local businesses, you're able to get HBD in return for that in a transparent way. It's not dodgy or sketchy or anything. It's there. It can't be confiscated. A lot of people can start using it. That's, and then if we support people doing that activity, that's injecting money into the economies via upvotes. And that is Hive's superpower in many ways. It, no other chain can do that. And that's what Hive can do with a stable coin that can't be KYC'd. Once you have that starting to happen in multiple different places, you have a parallel economy that is free and fair and open for anyone to use. It doesn't matter what your medical status is or your political opinion is, you will be able to access that economy in a stable value tied to the dollar. And it's like, that's what we need. That's the thing that we need. And it can be a slow kind of steady transition with the parallel economy running in parallel to the legacy economy for many, many years, you know, and, and it's safe. We don't need to use any guns. There's no fighting that needs to happen. And then let people choose, let people choose what, which, which one they want to use. You want your freedom token over here where you've got your right, your digital rights, or this one over here where you have to behave yourself. And maybe, maybe, maybe the best hope is that the parallel economy that we're creating with HBD will actually act as a check and balance to the current system that's trying to get all totalitarian, totalitarian and tyrannical. And maybe they won't be quite so totalitarian and tyrannical once they realize there's an, a parallel economy running that actually challenges them. Maybe they'll start to be fairer to people and better to people. And that might be a nice outcome from all of this as well. Well, also, these people just want power, right? So if crypto can mm. offer the people in power more power, and still come out on top, like they're gonna take that deal. Like we're already seeing this happening. Like um, crypto's just been winning all the lawsuits. Like why? Because like people in crypto now are, have a lot of money and a lot of power. And like, we have the money to like go in there and lobby at the ground floor and be like, no, you're not, you know, it's, it's such an important technology that it just can't be silenced. It's just too important. It's like saying, you know, we're going to shut down the internet. Well, if you do that, then you're North Korea. North Korea is not doing right. so great. Like, right. right. There's only so totalitarian you can go before you look like a dictator. Um, yeah, people really underestimate their own power, but uh, there's a reason why they, people spend billions of dollars manipulating public opinion and like divide and conquer strategies, getting people to fight with each mm -hmm. other with mm -hmm. a bipartisan politics and stuff like that. And it's like, because it matters like you have to the mob has to be on your side in order to rule like if the mob turns against you you're you're done like you're just it's over like we see it happen with politicians all the time like a politician will get caught doing something and they'll all just turn on that person and throw them to the wolves and be like you're done like sacrificed for harvest like it's crazy yeah yeah absolutely and I, yeah I, I just think that there's there's this balance there there's this middle way there that HBD can really, really, really foster. And I, I think it's a great opportunity for us to act as that example and show other people how it can be done without having to have some revolution or some fighting or, you know. Yeah, well, like you said, it's all about collateral. 
um, just all about collateral. And I'm really curious to see where the whole uh, El Salvador thing goes and Michael Saylor. It's like, remember when, when Michael Saylor was going to get liquidated? Everyone's like, oh, he's getting margin called. Like, it's over. Like, it's so over. Mm -hmm. He deserves it. Like, misery loves company. Like, just, just take all his money. And now he's going to be like the world's first trillionaire. And like, what mm -hmm. happens if El Salvador just decides to like take their Bitcoin and like start printing a fiat currency out of it with Bitcoin as like the collateral? Like, I just can't even imagine that, what could happen. That's exactly, but that's exactly what I'm suggesting, really. That's almost exactly what I'm suggesting with the with the, the HBD bonds. Very similar thing. It's like you could accept, except I would argue that whatever liquid value you create on top of the HBD bond system is going to be way more stable and sound than anything you can put on Bitcoin, which which is volatile and varies and has high transaction fees and other things. Um, but definitely possible. Definitely, but I don't see why it wouldn't work as long as as long as Bitcoin remains relatively non-volatile. But yeah, I definitely have to do my homework more on what VSC can accomplish and layer two and Speak Network and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like. I'm sure, like, I just don't know what the limitations are. You know, I don't know enough. Mm. Well, it's exciting times. Like, Speak Network, for example, is set up in a way that it's just pure, entirely market-driven. So there's multiple facets to Speak Network. One is um, content delivery networks. So you can act as a content delivery network operator and distribute content to your local um, community. Or you can act as a an encoder and encode videos through the network, or you can act as a storage node operator. And this, the encoder and the um, content delivery network, it's kind of hard to measure work because you could fake the throughput. So you could you can't really do a proof of work type thing there. But you can do a, a subscription type model where people can get paid by subscriptions or by donations or by some you know some kind of fee model where they can get people can get services or premium services. But with um, storage, you can do a proof of work or a proof of storage or what we call a proof of access. And so it means that basically the more, you know, if there's apps in the ecosystem that need to back up their files because they've got some important files or some important content they don't want to go missing, instead of doing that on Wasabi or AWS now, they can do that on the Hive community. Literally Hive community members are using their sp spare storage drives to store content. Um, on, on behalf of platforms or on behalf of people that want content storing. And as long as there's money going into that, as long as that's a valuable thing, which I think it ultimately is, uh, especially for, for video platforms where you do want to have some guarantee that if you get shut down, that, that some of your community's favorite videos are still online, but not on your servers. Um, this is a way to incentivize people to do that. So I, I would, you know, we, we will certainly be paying money into Speak Network to incentivize our community members to take part in storage of some of the videos on 3Speak. Um, and then any other platform can do that for any any important content that they've got. And it's like, well, what's the limitation? Well, it's it's just whatever the market decides. If there's not enough money going into the system, there'll be less, store, less backup storage going on. Um, if there's more money going into the system, there'll be more backup storage going on. And the whole system's kind of set up in that way. Um, VSC, in terms of limitations, I mean, technically, I don't know. It, it, it could be huge because it's a layer two. I mean, and it's compartmentalized smart contracts. So each smart contract sets its own fee. They have multiple node operators. If they need to scale, they just get more node operators um, because the fees will be there. Um, what I was fascinated in was their ability to run 
a super sleek like light node that connects to Bitcoin, but only saves exactly what it needs to save for like mm. the contracts. I believe that's what so they've like, built. Yeah. That's what they've built. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's that's like that's gonna be that that could be used for a lot of things. Yeah. Um like every Bitcoin hash every 10 minutes on average or whatever uh, is an unhackable set of infinite random numbers, which is like, you can use that for a lot of stuff and no one's using it. No one's mm. using Bitcoin. Like everyone's like, oh, Bitcoin wastes energy. I was like, well, first of all, it doesn't. It creates a bunch of heat. Like Just heat is useful. Use. Yeah, yeah. Heat, is, heat is useful and, and more people, we're seeing more people like heat their pools with it and heat their greenhouses and stuff with Bitcoin miners, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, but the random number generation is not being used. Uh, and it's just completely unhackable. You can't hack a Bitcoin block. You're not going to like throw away good Bitcoin blocks. You're going to take the quarter million dollars. Like, you're not, yeah. yeah. not going to like, no, you're not going to throw those away. So it's totally unhackable random numbers, like guaranteed, mm. um, which are which is actually very rare. Like if you look at how RNG works, like it's pretty hard. The NSA knows. <laughs> they know what your random numbers are. You know what I mean? Like you, you gotta. Mm. And um, yeah, that's why people. That's why people say Satoshi must have worked for the the NSA or whatever because he chose like the one randomizer that doesn't have a back door. And it's like, hmm, is that an accident? Like he knew. Yeah. So what 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 do you think would be the some examples of applications for this? Like I mean, the most obvious one is like. Um, like a lottery, which would really make governments mad because governments make a lot of money off of the lottery. But if you could have these unhackable random numbers with like a lottery that's happening every 10 minutes, um, that's just going to, you know, they, they can't compete with that. You could create a lottery that's like, you know, free to play. Like everyone has an equal chance of making their money back, which is not a thing that happens in gambling. Uh, you know, it's why yeah. when people get addicted the to gambling, their their life is ruined when they're addicted. They're just like yeah. done. Like there, you there just is, lost all your money. And... There is no house in these random number generators. If 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 the base layer is neutral, there's no house. Yeah. So uh, another thing is gaming. Like we could create an RPG on the blockchain, and for really important RNGs, like say, really like because you know. Gaming is going to get to a level, especially with blockchain, where a rare item, someone might be willing to pay like a million dollars for that thing because crypto is insane, you know? Like people were spending millions of dollars on crypto, on, um, you know, punks on Ethereum. It's like, of course, if the NFT actually does something and is useful in like a game, they're going to be willing to spend millions of dollars on it. So um, you could use Bitcoin's RNG to ensure that that could never be hacked. You know, you don't have to use... The platform that it's built on you could use bitcoin to be like no this is too important so we're going to use an unpackable bitcoin random number instead of from our network or whatever yeah, that's cool um but yeah random numbers are very rare and bitcoin is creating them and no one's using them and i just think that's crazy like i've been saying this for like years and i'm just like how is no one using this yet it's crazy yeah it's, it's funny that this whole world of new technology where there's so many more things that I'd want to be doing, but I can't do because resources are limited, you know, and there's only so much you can do. Hopefully screaming from the rooftops, eventually someone hears you, you know, but it kind of is what it is sometimes.
Um, let's let's move on to a discussion about network states here. Um, this will be the final part of the program. We just want to talk about how we think Hive is a network state. Uh, we follow Balaji's blog, who's kind of made himself the authority on network states. But he talks about it in a way that's, in my opinion, he's in a different paradigm to what we are because we know that Hive is a network state and it is built and it does work and it is neutral. Um, and there isn't an owner, a CEO, or a founder. It wasn't an ICO or a pre-mine. So it does have a neutral base layer. Um, I'd certainly say the most neutral in, in all of blockchain. Um, and that, that then provides digital communities the right to build states, at least digital states or network states, as Balaji calls them. Um, and I just, sometimes it's, it's good to hear him speak. Sometimes it's frustrating because I'm over here going, we've already solved this. We've already solved this. I know that this is an issue for the, the kind of where the, the network state world is at the moment in considering how they can build these things. But these things really have been solved on Hive and we do have a, a well operating network state. And, and with the layer two communities and the community front ends and then the community tokens that are going to come out in short order, they will have their own economies and their own voting rights systems. So we will have true network states on Hive. Um, yeah, I just think it's a very interesting phenomenon that's come in and um, obviously trying to get Balaji's attention and understanding over here. But then at the same time, it's like, well, if you've been the expert of network states for this long and you don't know about Hive, is it our fault or is it your fault at this point? I don't know. Um, but it is, it is frustrating to watch the conversation happen whilst we've literally solved all the problems that are coming across. So anyway, there was a guy. Dan, are you still there? Yo. There was a guy that was commenting underneath one of Balaji's recent posts. And, uh, well, let me just read out the post from Balaji. Let me find it one second. He goes, um, so it was yesterday, and it was, it's all state versus network. It says the FAA harassing SpaceX. Although I'd say that's pretty space, network state backed. Sorry, a state backed. But the EPA blocking nuclear, the CA stopping construction, SEC impeding crypto, SF handing out syringes, uh, DC limiting AI, Delaware attacking Elon. The only way to win this is to gain sovereignty of our own, hence the network state. Yeah, well, my argument to that is we've had sovereignty for seven years now. We have literally had sovereignty for seven years. And we are here and we exist self-sustainably in our own network state. And for some reason, you don't seem to know about it, which is frustrating to see. But anyway, there was some comments to this, and there was a guy called Tommy World Power, which I think is an ironic name for a dude building what he thinks is a network state. And so, Dan, you started, I heard you chuckling last night, and you started looking into his his chain and his project. He says, um, what did he say here? A bit further down. He says something like, we've built the first network state, didn't he? We've built the first governance um, I think it's this one. We we need the world to support blockchain with full decentralized governance so they can function as a, as nation states. It's like, yeah, we've done it on Hive. Um, I'm the only one who is built, who's built a blockchain that's capable of actually governing itself with enforcement. If this interests anyone, please DM me and let's get shit done. And I saw, I saw you this morning as well, addicted, having a bit of back and forth with him on the tweets. So, uh, Dan, I don't know if you can read, you, you started looking into this guy a bit more to see what he'd built. And it's just got all the hallmarks of a centralized project. And I think it'd be interesting to talk about it so people can learn what flags to spot when they, when, when you see a centralized project come up. 
Yeah, I mean, the first question you ask is where do you store the data? How expensive is it to interact with that data? And do you have a transaction layer attached to an Agos stablecoin? Um, now, that sounds like we're describing Hive, right? It does. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he's describing Hive. But let's, let's throw Hive out the window and let's just say, all right, let's make a network state. What do you need? First question, where do you store the data? That, that, that question never goes away regardless of hives here or not. So that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. The very next question is how expensive is it to interact with that data? Now, if it's expensive to interact with that data, you have to start over because it failed. You're going to have centralized layer two. You're going to have unusable data availability layer. So you have to find a way, a solution to make it free or as near free as possible to interact with that data and put that data on chain. You need a transaction layer attached to an algo stablecoin so you can bank the unbanked, what we're trying to do here. We're trying to build a parallel economy. You can't do that if 90% of the world can't interact with your transaction layer. Now, looking at this, I believe it was energy. I always get slight hopes, yeah, energy, right? Yeah. When people speak confident, when people get confident, I have a slight hope. Maybe they have something that can help us. And it always happens. <laughs> I'm the best, you know, I'm the best at getting high hopes and just getting to play. I've almost got addicted to it now. It's like, oh, addicted, no, no pun intended. Um, it's like, okay, energy, let's go in. This could, right be the off the bat, this could be the savior. Right off the bat, you see all the Hallmark problems, right? They, they, they fail the first question. No doubt, data availability layer. They fail the second one with fees. People are so concerned with um, solving consensus attacks, making them pay to play, which doesn't solve it. It just means somebody with a lot of money can fuck you over if they wanted to. Like, the world doesn't work on profitability. It works on, oh, can we censor this person? If we can, and money is the answer, you failed because there's people out there that will just throw money and destroy you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just another like, – I don't like to pick on these things anymore because it's like just put them into a parameter – like I said, we're not we're not talking about Hive. Well, we discovered on. a lot about Hive based on studying it, and that's how we've come to the conclusion of how to actually do censorship resistant. But these questions don't go away when you're trying to start from scratch. What What was the first thing that you read on his project the other day about only no hacks happening for a short period of time? Like, <laughs> so, so like in so like in big letters, I'm like, all right, energy, wiping my hands, clapping my hands, let's get ready, and it says virtually no hacks. In the last like five years, three years three or some years. shit, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh god, what do you mean virtually no hacks? What the fuck is that? No mean? hacks in the last three years, yeah, right, yeah. So three yeah, years it's like, it reminds happened. me of that. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that injury on the job thing where you have like the days without injury, right? And then they like flip it. Oh fuck, we gotta start over. Virtually no injuries. Um, yeah, that was just. And then the more you read it, you realize it's just a fucking corporation. It's just a company, just like every one of these things. CEOs. What, what was the that mine? So. What was that free mine? You know, I didn't even care to look. Um, they yeah, had the, They failed so many different. Yeah, yeah. The, the pre mine, the CEO, the um, no place to put text data, high fee, everything that you can think of, and it doesn't. So you're, it's like okay, let's build a network state, a digital nation. First option, or first thing, we need to preserve freedom of speech because if we cannot communicate, we cannot get together and change things. So where does the text go? And it's always the same fucking answer. You have to monetize each layer, the text, transaction, tied to an algo, put that into play, and then build layers on top. But everyone, um, 
I don't know the audacity. It's just like these people like to say I'm the only one, and it just yeah, yeah. or the first one. It come with such a big red clown nose. It's so ridiculous. It's like <laughs> really, that's what you're presenting. Um, but yeah, it's uh not gonna pass. You're not gonna build nation states on that. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's the key thing, isn't it? It's, it's can you. What do you need to build a nation state? Well, you need a, a neutral onerless layer one that can't be shut down. That's like the it's like basic one oh one, you know? On episode one oh one of CCC. Um it's like come on guys, like why why are you releasing pre mines and ICOs when that's what the government's gonna call up? They're gonna call that up and say, Do this and they're gonna say no and they're gonna say, Do it or we put you in prison and they're gonna say, Okay. It's like why are you why are you even operating on those chains, guys? Come on, by now we should know this. We're like 15 years into this experiment. Um, yeah, I'll be interested in your thoughts, uh, Addicted, on network states and the idea of uh, digital communities kind of going, creating their own economies and, and almost becoming states in their own right. Uh, something I've been seeing a little bit lately that gets brought up a lot is um, enforcing physical ownership with blockchain consensus. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like... I'm going to tokenize my house. Yeah. Like kind of, kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, in order for that to work, um, there has to be a police force that's willing to um, enter uh, someone's house with lethal force and right. kick somebody out who doesn't own the NFT. So if someone steals the NFT from you and they own it, they can go to the cops and be like, evict that guy with lethal force. That's my house, which is I like, my taxes. that's not going to work. <laughs> Because no. now you need some other intermediary to make sure that that doesn't happen. So then that intermediary then is in charge. So it's very complicated to bring the digital world into the physical world. It just yeah. doesn't work very easily. And mm -hmm. I don't believe that that's going to be a thing. And, like, you know, there would have to be a crazy crypto city state that had it all figured out. And it's like, that's like mm -hmm. 30 years away. Like, come on. Yeah, have you have you seen the characters in the crypto community? <laughs> These people are going to figure out how yeah. to run a stake. You guys are not serious people. You're degens. Like I love it, but it's your degens, yeah. just like me. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's an interesting point, man. I mean, like Balaji's whole point was that you get these digital states working, and then and they're self-governed, they're self-sustainable, they run their own infrastructure, which is what Hive does, and then they find some land somewhere, and then they say, "We're going to do some of the value here." We're not going to ask anyone's permission. We're going to do it. And then we're going to start trading with other states. And then eventually those states are going to have to write contracts with us. And eventually that means they're going to have to recognize the current network state that's got a physical location and presence. I mean, yeah, but then you're right. Ultimately, that does you gotta result in... You've got to have a military. In, you've got to have a military. You have to be willing to kill. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, well, you're like, you're... You, well you'll, have to, you'll have to build your own drone factories. That's, that's got to be factored in. You know, you're going to have to defend your land because they're, they're not going to let you have it easy. And then secondly, it, come, it does... Which I think is possible, but I, I, when you, what you just touched on there, when you said ultimately within these states, you're going to have to have some police force that comes around and enforces who owns which digital products. <laughs> and it's like at that point, you back to you back to square one again. But I do think there's something to be said for this ultimately, and I think that they will pop up. You look at you look at what what's going to happen in places where we have spend HBD and we're supporting. Local people spending local money at local businesses or spending HBD at local businesses and getting rewarded for that. That's pumping HBD into the economy. So you're creating a parallel economy in a physical location. 
based on these community front ends that can be directed towards a town or catered towards a town. So there is going to be some element of certain physical locations that that, that do well in these digital currencies, um, somehow claiming some form of maybe self-sovereignty or some form of autonomy, um, especially if they're flush with these currencies and there's there's wide, you know, thriving economies around those currencies where maybe the government failed a little bit, you know, maybe the government didn't quite put as much attention in as they, they, they maybe should have, or maybe there was some money extraction going on. So uh, there, there's, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how, it, how, it, how it develops going forward. Yeah, I mean, money is just money, but if we want to create a real economy, like we have to decentralize the means of production, which is like not easy. Like we, how are you going <laughs> to, how, how are you going to create a cell phone with a thousand dudes building parts in their garage with 3d printers like how are you going to do that like you just you're not like it's it's so complicated and we're just not there yet well, but i mean I've maybe always argued, i've always argued that i'm a statist because i believe in cash i believe in protection of borders or you know some form of that so like ultimately yeah i'm i'm a, I'm a, a crypto degen and i'm trying to build tools that people can use to, to bring more freedom to themselves but I still believe in some form of cash, which means I believe in some form of government, right? Um, so that, that yeah, everyone's got to kind of find their levels as to what they believe. I like the idea of, of gold coins with the Hive logo on them. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Got to be able to get um, if we get a thousand guys in a room um, printing those, that would be pretty good. That's that's definitely achievable, I think. Um, who knows? Have you spoken to Gold Matters about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I also think that there are going to be some interesting achievements, like with three D printing. And I'm not saying they're going to be able to print silicon um, processors, but there's going to be some interesting things happening. I think, and a lot more things are going to become more decentralized. So, I think the future is going to have some element of independent states that that kind of secure their own sovereignty and their own economies um, to an extent. I agree there's a limitation there. You can't do everything yourself. You're not going to be able to produce mobile phones, for example. But you will be able to do some things of value, I think, that other, other people will find valuable and trade with you for. Do you, do you think that they're just not going to happen? Do you think they'll just remain digital then? Um. No, I think we have to hit like mainstream adoption first with the uh, with the currency stuff, and then there will be like this kind of tidal wave flood of like innovation from places that we didn't expect. Um, you know, like there's so much potential in developing nations. Like Nigeria is like a huge one. I didn't realize that Nigeria is like number six on the population list of all countries. I was like, wow, there's a lot of people there. And they all speak English as a first language, which well, is like sorry? Nigeria is like number okay. six on the yeah, population yeah. list yeah. of all countries. Yeah. Yeah. And they all speak English. And that's like, you know, that's like the main language for programming and stuff. Like there's a lot of mm -hmm. potential floating around everywhere. Yeah. And most people are just trying to get, you know, by day to day. They don't have, yeah. you know, people just like one foot in front of the other, like living yeah. beyond my means just can't, they can't look up. They're just always grinding. That, that is very true. You know, the, the idea that this digital world and banking the unbanked and making these services available to more people will 
it will unlock 10 times more human energy than could ever have been thought, I think. And, but, you know, a lot of people are very, very pessimistic about the future. While there are pessimistic things happening, I, I, st I still think that people don't live in the paradigm of like being able to bank the unbanked and unlock access to them and, and give them the chance to, to meet their full potential. And what well, does that mean? What does that mean in the that's world? That's like the irony of it, though, is that pain and um, radical change is a requirement for like mm. a evolution like it's not going to happen any other way like it has to get much worse <laughs> before like the evolution happens you know what i mean like yeah. your your livelihood and your friends and your family's livelihoods have to be on the line you can't be comfortable anymore watching netflix <laughs> uh yeah it's just it some crazy stuff's gonna have to go down basically yeah, I think, you know, this, I say this often, like this idea about happiness, like people seem to be, feel that they're entitled to, to being happy, to be, to happiness. It's like, that's not what nature's about. Like happiness is kind of a, a mindset. It's almost something you can choose to be. Um, you'll hear, our generation is here to roll out the crypto economy. And that is going to have its ups and downs, you know. It's not going to yeah. be nice all the time. It's not going to be, you're not going to be happy, but you're going to be doing something important. And that's way more, that's way better than sitting and watching Netflix and finding your happiness because yeah. you've got some right to be happy. If you look at like the masters, you know, like professional writers and stuff, those guys are professional alcoholics. They're depressed. And then once they make money, um, their artists are no longer good. They're like, when people are happy, like, yeah, yeah, it's not, you, they lose it's not, the hunger. yeah, yeah, it's, it's gone. It's just like, oh, yeah. you're just a normal person now. Well, that's what I like about this whole digital economy thing and releasing a fair digital economy because it's going to take years. So we're going to be hungry for a long time. <laughs> for sure. I, I, I do think it's the answer. I think it's the solution. Um, well, are, are, there any, are there any other things you want to touch on, Addicted, that you've seen this week in the crypto world or any pressing issues? That, like Dan and I are fans. You know, we watch, we read a lot of your work. I always look out for the Addicted blogs coming out and there's, there's always something interesting in there. I think we disagree on the HBD thing a little bit. I don't think it's the end of the world though. But um, I don't think so either. Uh, we we always think, listen to your stuff and we're always I think that no matter what so. path we choose with HBD, it's like the best, it's like the best thing out there. Like it doesn't matter what we do. It's just going to work. The good thing is, I think I think we've all got the best intentions at heart, right? And that's that's yeah. You know that basis is operating from that basis and knowing that is is important. And then it's like, well, yeah, okay, we'll have different. Let's fight for different factions of it, but it doesn't ultimately mean we're not trying to roll out the same widespread. Yeah, and that's just politics, and it's much. I I find it much more hopeful to argue about these politics than like the stuff that they have us arguing about. Right, left, right, versus, right. left exactly. versus right. It's like, hey, why don't we actually solve a problem instead of like yeah. talking about stuff that doesn't, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter. You know, if you say it doesn't matter, people get offended, but it's like, okay, well, there's a reason you're talking about it. It's because you're allowed to talk about it. You know, the you're at the kids yeah. table, like we're at the kids table, like arguing about this right, left versus right. right That's stuff. where we're allowed like, to be. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to sit at the big boy table Like, get out of here. You no. want to talk about banking and finance and all that stuff you know, war apr like, no. on stable coins you've got to be crazy you're out of here <laughs> yeah yeah it's just that's it wild. I, I do i do it want is, to say you know go on go on it's depressing to see for hive to crab walk to lag behind the market like yeah, it always does it's, it's especially when we have so much going on you just look at all the stuff going on on hive and it's like okay well yeah. something's wrong i'm taking crazy pills like 
numbers should be going up. Um, and that's one of the no reasons doubt. why I have so much pushback to the to the HBD thing, yeah. is because I feel like a lot of people are doing it because they want number to go up, and that's the only reason why they're saying it. And I'm just like, that's not a good reason. You got to have a better reason than that. Like, yeah, um, well, you got to get me, there in a better me, way. A, a lot of this is um, it's just build, just build, 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 and eventually you the the chain's going to start to hit its optimum operating state. And then that's when people will see, oh shit, this is doing things that other chains can't do. And it's doing them in a fairer way. So we, until we get to that point where we can demonstrate it working, until we're not having like um, philosophical, theoretical discussions about what could be, and we're actually building the systems. Like, like breakaway communities for me is a massive deal. Um, once we got, and that, you know, they're all starting to come in, people starting to ask for them now. Um, we've got a site coming out soon. And it's like once anyone in the world can easily spin up their own Web3 enabled platform and then start rewarding their community. And then once we can tokenize those on a layer two system, then that's got no CEO, no pre-mine, no, you know, all that stuff. Then it's like, now we can actually go out and show people. We could spin up a community for anything that's trending right now. And just keep doing it. We could have whole teams of people on Hive incentivized for just spinning up these communities and running them and then trying to put them in Reddit comments and all, you know, all over the internet and Twitter and stuff. And eventually one of them's gonna hit, you know, one of them's gonna hit. And then people are gonna be like, oh shit. And we can do we, you know, you can use these these breakaway communities for distributing tokens to off-chain communities as well. They don't have to be on-chain communities. They could be you know, your local horse riding club or something, you know, as long as there's like a ranking so people can compete for ranking and get drop tokens based on their rank. Um, and as long as you have their email addresses and VSC is going to make it possible to just do all this with a Gmail account instead of having to have a Hive account. Um, and then the same thing on the, on the digital communities that already exist, like on the blockchain side of things, like we're going to be able to drop to Solana community. We're going to be able to drop to Ethereum communities. And you know, if we so wish, we can we can drop to them and exclude their ICO stakes, exclude their VC stakes, or exclude their founder stakes, and let those people earn their tokens like they probably should do. There's going to be all sorts of different mechanisms to drop value to people, and then like direct them to the front ends and say, "Hey, come use this technology. It's the way it should work, and um, you can earn more value and stake in that ecosystem on these layer twos." I think that's going to be such an interesting, it's going to be one of the key breakpoints for Hive. Who knows if it's the one. I actually think HBD is going to be bigger, but I'm looking forward to that coming up. Um, yeah, I, anything... I would say, yeah, I would say, um, as crazy it's, as it sounds, it's like regulators got to crack down more than they already are. Because it's like, people don't realize that all these chains are captured. Like, yeah, and Hive yeah. potentially isn't. Have. Like, there's a really good yeah. chance that, like, we're we're kind of like, past that because of the whole the hostile takeover turned everyone onto this platform into like this mm -hmm. grizzled freedom fighter like no we're not we're not we're not putting up with that like we're gonna this is what dan dan and i say you know like everyone says about oh you know you've got to keep forking if you want to attack these communities you've got to keep forking them forcing them to fork and they get weaker and weaker as they fork but it's like um we don't actually agree with that we we think hive has become a well-oiled machine you compare steam to hive and hive is it's threatening you fork Hive again, what, what's going to come out of that, right? Who knows what comes out of that, right? Some extreme faction, you know? I honestly keep it thinking about the the Korean community on Steam, and I'm like, I wish I could create something and airdrop those guys and get them over here again, because, like, they should not be over there on Steam. Like, they just shouldn't. 
Like, well, even, even though these layer twos will do, these layer twos will be yeah. the layer two would enable you to mimic the exact Steam token, the supply and everything, and just drop them and cut out their cut out their pre mine and just drop them onto a hive layer two. And then if that community is useful and and makes money, they can go buy the hive layer one if they so wish. You know, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. And it's gonna once once we get this right, it's gonna be everywhere. You know, we're gonna to have to drop tokens to all sorts of communities, make front ends, spin up front ends for all sorts of communities. And I think that's gonna be one of the major ways that Hive can onboard. I don't think we need to necessarily push it all through the app. The apps have to onboard everyone. It's like, well, you could just spin up loaded front ends and drop tokens to existing communities. If they want the tokens, they've got to create an account. You know. So it's it's all coming. I, I'm super excited about it. I think. I, I also believe in. Um, I wrote a post recently, on um, permanently locked airdrops. Like when you get when mm. people get airdrops, they uh, they sell them. They sell them, and then mm. they're they're gone. So like, mm -hmm. if you permanently lock an airdrop, you know, uh, decentralized finance and even Hive has shown that. You can get those people coming back to your platform every day, even yeah. if they're just farming yields, even if they're just, just like leeching, leeching off of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter because you, you, it's an attention economy, and you got their attention like every day. Yeah. Like they're coming in, yeah, farming tokens. I agree. I agree with that. I think that's a very interesting point, or or, or a stake that, that 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 dissipates over several years, maybe, but that's you know you can you can yield farm by being social. Yeah. The other Basically, thing is what we got. Leverage just leveraging the airdrop into the into attention instead yeah. of letting them like yeah. just dump yeah. it all in like one yeah. second. It's a very interesting point. The, the the other thing as well is um we've built a point system. We've been basically mimic mimic the XNC point system in these front ends. So on each front end, you earn points for things like logging in, for things like posting, sharing, commenting. Every time you do one of these social actions, you get some points. And one of the things that we want to experiment with with these tokens is the more so of these social points that you've gained over time, the more of the inflation goes to your account and the more control you have over certain voting mechanisms. So you would have a stronger vote, even though you don't have all the tokens, but because you've been more social. Um, and that, that that's an interesting, obviously there's ways to gain that you've got to think of as well, um, but that's going to be an interesting thing to see to see happen. Yeah, civil yeah, attack is very uh, it's just the bane of all reputation systems. But yeah, definitely we need good reputation systems that can't be civil right. attacked. Um, that's the main thing. But like everyone knows that I'm me and that you're you and that Dan's right. Dan. Like no one questions that those are like unique people. It, so this is this is, oh, this, this is the other powerful thing about Hive. You know, everyone everyone's. I think we're going into an age where AI is going to be used to mine these tokens, right? I think that's fairly obvious at this point. But there's an anchor point to pre-AI when guys like you, me, Dan, and all these other, a lot of the people listening, they may have pseudo-anonymous or anonymous accounts, but we know they're real people. So that's an anchor point that you can always refer back to and be like, yeah, these are real people. And these people say these people are real, right? And there's a certain reputation that you've got in that. And at a certain point, you might be able to salvage something that creates a world that doesn't favor AI on, online. Um, I think that's and that's all on you know that's hive. Where where else can you? Where else you've got these non KYC'd, non government controlled identities that are actually real people? Where where point point in the direction of that? I think it's only on hive, right? Yeah, and on another real level, um, if an AI can generate value, like 
maybe they deserve a reputation. Like it's possible. Like um, I was actually watching this clip from Twitter, uh, just to Andreas Antonopoulos clip about an old one about him talking about, yeah, Bitcoin is a network where, you know, AI could just run around and run a business and like control all the money. No one's even in charge of it. It could just be totally autonomous. And it's like, you know, stuff like that's becoming way more relevant in the current environment just because the whole the AI thing is spiraling out of control. Like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, an it's getting one. really intense. I, th- I think ultimately, it's, I think ultimately, as long as people run the infrastructure and it's accountable to people, which we can do on Hive, i.e. by voting human witnesses in, um, I've got I haven't got much problem with AI doing other things. You know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I just think because ultimately that they're all, as far as I can tell, at least for the time being, going to be tied back to a person somewhere who's going to be using that AI to do X, Y, or Z. Um, so it's going to be very interesting times, but I, I do feel that there is that layer on Hive of we've all been here for a long time, we've all posted, we've all built our reputation. So if you do need to exclude AI for whatever reason, or if it does go out of control and it's not providing benefit, then um, there's still there's a, there's a foundation here that shows you who the real people were at this time, and uh, it's provable. We didn't need to KYC. I think that's a big because I think that 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 narrative's coming as well. But it's like, oh, we need one account, one vote. We need to KYC everyone that wants to be online. It's like, dude, no, hell no. We're over here. Yeah. We're not doing that. Honestly, I've been thinking about this crazy idea of KYC on purpose in crypto, mm-hmm. um, which sounds weird, obviously. But like, if you look at something like a MMO, like a massively multiplayer online game, mm-hmm. um, one server might be balanced to host 3,000 people, right? Mm. So if that one server was like a whitelist and you can only get, you can only play on that server if you're whitelisted, like that's like kind of like KYC, it's it's permissioned, you know, but it would still be crypto and it would still work fine. Uh, and it would like kind of get rid of all those Sybil attack uh, vectors. Mm. Um, and then if someone yeah. wanted to play the game, if someone wanted to play the game, they could just boot up their own server and have their own rules, like do whatever they want with yeah. it. Like it'd be open source. Yeah. And it would be an easy, an easy fix to that if like, people are voluntarily KYC. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't work. Or like not even K- is... KYC, like just you know accounts on Hive. I could, I could probably oh, right, find, yeah. I could yeah. probably find a thousand accounts on, yeah. on Hive or even crypto Twitter. Like it's not hard to find a real person on crypto Twitter. Like yeah, yeah, they're doing spaces all the time and all that. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So you, you like the pre the pre KYC, they have KYC status, but they never KYC'd anywhere. Yeah, it's just like a, a whitelist. It's possible to make something like that work, even though it's like oh. kind of against crypto. That's a great. That's a great um, uh, crypto breakaway community front end with a token. It's like yeah, we're dropping a token to all known, all real human known accounts across crypto. If you want to take part, you're welcome. Yeah, when we look at airdrop farming, it's like, okay, well, that system has been gamed into the dirt. Like, it would be better if the founder just went out and found people to give money to rather than let people farm their airdrop by, you know, doing fake transfers on their MetaMask wallet. It's like, that's not, that wasn't, that's totally against what was the, the whole point of it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's going to be super cool. Um, someone was 
saying to you, I, I saw a comment here earlier that was referring to the point you were making about the random number generator. Apparently there's a use case for it. Um, some ordinal, this is iJAT says, some ordinal projects like Bits, Bitmap and NAT have started using part of the Bitcoin chain generated numbers to build Bitcoin-based metaverses. For instance, a Potoshi mined Bitmap is worth more than a layer one mined one. Interesting. Yeah, I, I know that Bitcoiners have been really complaining about, um, like they see it as an attack on fungibility. Mm. They're like, oh, the first set of a block is worth more than the other sets of that block. And people are like, dude, stop. I don't know if that's going anywhere, but I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I agree with it. Like I don't like, I don't like, I don't like ordinals. I think they should just yeah. go away forever. Well, like that's not what it's for. An, this is an interesting point because the ordinal situation could be viewed as an attack on Bitcoin in terms of uh, certainly when a when a when a net, when a state player works this out, it's like hold on, we can permanently increase the Bitcoin fees to really remove it from the ability for the plebs to use it, um, and then we just put everyone onto the Lightning Network layer two, where it's very clear that anything that's larger there needs to be KYC'd. Um, so it's like mm, interesting. We could. I think yeah, that's there's... one of the reasons Bitcoin's been accepted. But then it's like, well, now we've got a niche for Hive. Now we've got a niche, a niche for HBTC. You know, so I'm yeah, like, there's a, there's a lot of conspiracy else. theory there that um, Craig Wright and uh, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision mm. are responsible for ordinals. Mm. I, I haven't really looked into it, but I see the maximalists. I follow a lot of maximalists, and I see them uh, complain about it a lot. It's it's I mean it's definitely a weakness in Bitcoin. I think. But at the same time, that weakness can be Hive strength. So it's going to allow us to prove a use case for Hive that wasn't there before, I don't think. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of neutral on it. I'm like, yeah, do whatever you want. I, I, me and Dan, and I don't want to speak for Dan too much here, but I've heard Dan say this many times. We think that Bitcoin is meant to have high fee base layer. It's like it's built in. The, the system has accepted it because of the fact that they can jack up the, the high fees on the base layer. And because the, the layer two lightnings, like and if you want to scale the lightning node, you're gonna to have to register a business at some point and then you need to you can be KYC'd. So it's like it's perfect. It's perfect. It's the perfect elite elite clearing layer. The oh, Bitcoin is perfect. Yeah. Um the most perfect thing about it is that it's not gonna change. And yeah. we can build around it knowing that it's right. a backbone that's not gonna change. We can depend on it. And we can take risks. Like if Bitcoin doesn't want to print inflation, inflation is a investment. So Bitcoin isn't taking any risks. Bitcoin isn't investing in anything. Like we can take all the risks. And, you know. Yeah. yeah hopefully absolutely. we uh, get lucky on our investments. I also I also like the idea that because I do believe that the system believes that it's captured Bitcoin, and I just think the idea of us like using if if Brian can get V for V open source, so we can run multiple V for V nodes all over the world. And then we're just paying for paying for lightning invoices in, in stablecoin that we mined that wasn't KYC'd. It's it's gonna be so it's gonna bring the whole thing down in terms of like the narrative around, oh, we can accept Bitcoin because it can be a high be a high fee base layer that we only we can use. Like, oh no, we're over here, we're using it for free. Thanks for the liquidity. Yeah, I'm really curious to see where the, the wrapper goes. Like it could be huge. Like, did you see the Monero delisting? Yeah, yeah. This is why. So when yeah. I saw that, I was like, "That is Hive's exact problem. If we could just right. get liquidity to right. Bitcoin, exactly. it's over. It's over. It's like I, over. if if 
if Monero ever gets like a listing on like Rune or whatever, like I want so much Monero. Like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because, you like, know... oh, go on, go on. I just, you play Magic the Gathering at all? No. no. Oh, okay. I wrote Apologies. this like, I wrote this post years ago that was like, crypto is kind of like a sliver deck, and slivers in Magic the Gathering are like, they gain powers from one another. So you put like a flying sliver out, and all your slivers gain flying. Um, right. Crypto's kind of like that. Like with Monero, if you put Monero on a on an exchange, a centralized one, every one of those cryptocurrencies gains privacy because they can all just mm, wash their money into Monero, wash mm. it back out. It's totally clean, like instantly, mm. like permissionlessly. You, you'll get the powers of the of, of each token. of the thing that's on the exchange. Right. Yeah, right. which is why I think. Exchanges are going to be like now with all this regulation and stuff. I think exchanges are like a huge narrative to look at. Mm. Uh, Rune and the other one. Are you mean like dexes. Big... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely agree. I, I, I think with the um, with the, the 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 ability to trade high trade hive into Bitcoin, like. I genuinely believe that a delisting's coming, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'd rather live in that paranoid world and build something. So, like a year and a half ago, we started talking about this. Uh, we need a Bitcoin. We need an exit to Bitcoin. And um, at the time, like Voltex been very busy on Three Speak and and Speak Network, but we were like, yeah, like we talked to Voltex, and he was like, look, I think this is important, and we're like, yeah, it's important. So he he kind of went off and worked on that about nine months ago or so, and we've been building that with him. And we tested it about four, three, four months ago. So it's real, it's there. And he's just doing the final stages now to get into testnet. And the, the beauty of this, you know, when you start considering it, first thing is I'm like, I need to get as much HBD as possible and as much Bitcoin as possible to put the HBD on the bridge as collateral and Bitcoin into the liquidity so I can make passive income. And I'll, I'll make way more than 20% off that alone, especially if I'm like the only operator. Um, I don't think I'll be the only operator, but. You know, the, the, the fewer operators that there are that, that are staking HBD onto the bridge, the more fees are going to make in wrapping and unwrapping. Um, so you're going to be able to turn your HBD APR into a much, much higher APR. Um, yeah. By, by providing that bridge capability, i.e. providing the collateral on the bridges. Which, yeah. again, I don't, see, I don't see anyone else doing. Where's, where's the philosophy behind, you know, if, you, if we're providing a bridge or if we're providing some form of DeFi, we are, the infrastructure operators have to over-collateralize so that they can't run off with your money. Like, why isn't that normal practice in crypto? <laughs> but that's what we're going to do on the Bitcoin bridge. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't worried about high liquidity at all. Like, probably like a year ago. Mm. I was just like, nah, CZ's got this. He's running circles around them, like whatever. And then, you know, $4 billion worth of fines later and a complete regulatory capture of Binance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, man. oh, um, yeah. I guess they were right. Like, I guess this yeah. is something that's very serious. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, but the, but the, the beauty of Hive, where other chains can't do this, Hive can, li- I mean, this is what kind of blows my mind a little bit. Hive can, because it's got its own stable coin and the witnesses of the oracles, Hive can create its own liquidity layer. To tra- well, it's very similar to what you were saying earlier, right? You've got this internal ability to have a stable token against which Hive can trade. Well, that right there, you don't even need to be on multiple DEXs. If we get enough liquidity on that mechanism, the Hive, the Hive thing just, just self-sustains. It's going to be so good. It's going to have all the liquidity it needs. Um, yeah. If we have Hive, um, HBD, and Bitcoin, that's it. We don't need it. 
That's it. That's, that's all it. we need. It'll be that's all we need. We don't even need dex listings at that point because we're going to be running on the, on the VOC decks. And uh, as terrible as Lightning Network is, it's like yeah, keep keep doing it. Like, keep it we love keep that. It, yeah, keep doing that. We love that. We'll we'll provide. We'll sit over here and provide a free feeless transaction solution to it. Um, I just think it's the potential's massive. And and the percent, you know, like when people take a look at it and it starts to get a little bit of liquidity onto the bridge and a little bit of liquidity into the liquidity pools and people go, okay, I can kind of get out of, in out of this on my daily needs, right? That's the, the first thing you've got to get to is can we get to people's daily needs, like a couple of thousand dollars here, a couple of thousand dollars there. Once we hit that, people that take a look at it, it's going to be really hard for them to criticize it because they can't say, oh, this is rubbish or this isn't going for liquidity. It's like it has enough, right? It has enough to serve the community and then it's only going to grow. And at that point, people got to people got to take it seriously. They got to be like, okay, hold on a minute. They've got an internal stable coin that's got no KYC, and it can be earned from blogging and distributed that way. I can get hold of it by transferring on the internal transferal mechanism via buying Hive off some market somewhere, and uh, they trade in between this and that stable coin of Bitcoin, that stable coin and Hive. So, so they've got all the liquidity that they need to defend against some exchange delisting. Mate, when that happens, it's it, that is Hive's. That's when Hive goes into you cannot touch me mode, right? It's like it's over at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, There's a yeah, road, I, to I, road to get there, but it's I'm, it's... I'm hoping greed wins out because I really want... <laughs> I really want to just dump like half of a Bitcoin into Hive when Hive hits mm -hmm. 250 sats. I'm just like, mm -hmm. just keep going down. I want to, like, I think there's only like 27 ways. 250. Holy shit. I, that's fucking three times less than it is now. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, like, that I was my that. I'm, I'm, oh. I, cl I closed out all my Bitcoin. I got out of all my Bitcoin. I'm a lot, I'm full, I'm full degen in Hive now. I'm losing Are money you? on it, but I'm, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm like, what? I can't, I can't justify the morals of Bitcoin anymore. So I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm so I'm politically, in. you're just like hmm, politically, it's a political, I can't, political I statement. can't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm full, I'm full in on Hive, and I'm just like, this is the only. Like, if we don't, if Hive doesn't succeed, we are screwed anyway. So yeah. I want to be a whale. Uh, there's only like 27 whales on Hive, right? I'm like, dude, I want to be one. Like huge yeah. milestone. Yeah. But yeah. I can't. I, I either have to build like an app or something. Or trade my degen trade my way to victory. That's the only way it's going to happen. That's, that's your current strategy. <laughs> Get the hive price down. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I made most of my hive in 2020 um, when everyone was freaking out. You remember when Bitcoin went from 10k to 40k and hive was like 13 mm. cents, and everyone was just like, morale mm. was at an all-time low. That's when I just like fat fingered buy, 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 buy. Did you start? The, did you start the the, the, the bull market then? You never know. I, I've seen people buy Hive like a couple hundred thousand uh, a couple hundred thousand Hive, and that like that moves moved, the market. Yeah. It moves the yeah. market like a couple hundred thousand. It's like wow. I actually did it once, and hopefully Dan can vouch for me on this one because I, I I bought a couple hundred thousand Hive like a few years ago. I can't even remember what situation it was, but. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't me, but I did buy that hive. I pushed it past like a like a, a level, and then everyone started buying it, and I was like, "That was me." <laughs> no, it like definitely was you moments. because um, the same thing happened with Matt. Your bat, Matt. Matt Rosen. Yeah, uh, we we met in person in Philadelphia, 
and he decided to buy into Hive Whale after our conversation. And I was like, wow, you really fat fingered that, huh? And he's like, no, I just, <laughs> he, he's like, no, I didn't. I actually placed a limit order. So people sold into him. But once the liquidity was mm-hmm. gone, the price moved like the next day because there was no more liquidity wow. left. Yeah. So yeah. it's just crazy to see it happen that, like that. that. That's an interesting discussion right there. Like this moment is coming, in my opinion. Um, I think it's going to be a c- accumulation of factors. You've got the HBD economy. I personally think the HBD bonding system, I think that large whales getting into Hive because they want to get into HBD bonds. Um, I know you've got a different opinion on that, but and that's one. I think um, uh, some of the apps operating and people trying to get in through the apps and then just speculators in general. There's going to be a moment where, because I, I genuinely believe this, there's so much, like you were saying earlier, there's so much good stuff being built that at a certain point, the, the chain's going to operate at its optimum and it's going to outperform other chains and everyone's going to be like, oh shit. How many zing you've got? Right, right. And it's like, at that point, there just isn't going to be any liquidity. Um, and it's, I don't know what's going to happen. The price, I don't know what's going to happen to the price. But, uh, you know, like right now, the economic situation Worry is weird. about up it. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I was going 120 to. 120 exactly. million tokens. I'm just like, ugh, exactly gross. what I was going to. I'm like, I'm like, the only thing is, right? You've got to figure out how to get those guys to sell because you've got to, you've got to disconnect price on Binance or wherever the liquidity is. Hopefully, hopefully it won't happen on Binance. Hopefully, it'll happen on some decks that's built either VSC or some other former decks on Hive. But you get a price dislocation where the market over there is saying no, Hive's worth 20 percent more than it is over on Upbit, right? And what normally happens then is that they'll move tokens across to, traditionally it's been Binance, they'll move tokens across to Binance and they'll sell into Binance to, to bring the price back down, right? To bring it back into line so they control it. Because they do, they do have like 80% of the trading volume. Yeah, just traditional ARB. Arbitrage. Right, traditional ARB. But then it's like, what we need is a scenario where whoever's buying in is aware of this and they're buying it in such quantities that's larger than the, um, than the traditional selling would be used to. And then it's like, Oh, I just sold into this and it's not going down. And then it goes up another few percent and then they sell it into it again. And what's happening is that that hive is being transferred away from that exchange to other DEXs. That's a good thing, in my opinion. And eventually, you know, if you do it by surprise and it catches them by surprise and it happens and the price doesn't go down as much as they expected it to, they're either going to have to step out of the way and sell into it later or they're going to have to sell unknowingly to some other whale that they're transferring their tokens to. And hopefully decentralize the supply a bit more. But it, that's where the liquidity is going to come from, ultimately. It's going to have to come from that exchange where they they decide to sell sell into it because they don't realize the, the magnitude of the person that's buying in on the other side. Um, but that is a problem. I think that's one of the key things why the high price is, is suffering a little bit because that exchange has got so much say over, over what happens to the price. Well, our answer to that has to be we've built so many cool services and so many cool products over here on our little side of the exchange, you're now overpowered, you know, and there's people that want to buy the token and you're going to sell it to them or you're going to step out of the way, you know. But that's that's up to us. We can't sit here moaning about it. We've got to build the stuff. We've got to keep building until it gets yeah. to that point, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think 80 cents has always been a huge level. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if we get like a bunch more volume there. But until then, it's just kind of grinding grinding sideways one of the ways that i value hive just just off the just off the the hbd haircut right if we want to say that hbd is going to be a billion dollars let's say 
right? I think that's reasonable. I, I don't see why that's beyond, you know, it could, you know, some of these server companies have got like seven, eight, ten billion dollars in them, right? So I, I don't see why HPD couldn't be at least a billion dollars. And then it's like, well, so the, so the hive price has to be five billion, four to five billion dollars in order to just be a hacker, right? So then it's like, well, that's, that's, yeah, that's probably that, more like that's 10. Value of, right, right. So that's the value of Hive based off just just the stablecoin utility, right? Never mind all this other stuff that's going on. So when people value Hive in the forty dollar range, fifty dollar range, it, it is it is actually a reasonable valuation. And I, I think one day it will. One day it has to come. It absolutely has to come because if it doesn't, we're going to be living in a very weird dystopian planet. And I don't want to be in that world. Yeah, I actually think the price will be more dictated by. Um even more than that, uh, the block space. So like the fact that resource credits are yield farmed with hive power. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Right now, not right now, resource credits are valued at exactly $0. They're not worth right, anything because right, right. our blocks aren't filling up and we don't have demand to use our blockchain, which is kind of weird when you think about it because our blockchain processes 20 kilobytes a second which is like it's a 56k so modem it's like a 56k modem speed and we're not using it and it's just like wow okay that's like yeah. either something's wrong or we're just so early that like you yeah, know sh surely surely there would have been an investor that would go and use blocktivity.info you, you're familiar with that site right yeah the one Blocks that does transactions per second yeah so yeah and just just go scroll down that list and take a look at all of the chains that are you know, producing multiple million transactions per day, aren't under load, and are way down in the market cap of of the of the crypto world. It's like Hive just jumps out right on the front of the page. It's right there. You know, and it seems like no one's even thought to look to invest in that type of thing. But it's like surely that's got to be a good investment strategy. You know, the idea that you can invest in a chain that's way down in the market cap of uh, coin market cap, but at the same time it's producing most of the transactions on in the blockchain world and it, and, and is also under stressed. Yeah, nobody respects um, a good amount of centralization. Right, so, like, right. we, someone might look at us and be like, "Oh, you're centralized," but it's like uh, our centralization is a benefit, actually, because right amount. Yeah. Uh, yeah. we can have twenty servers in twenty countries that are gigantic and can process yeah. all the volume. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we can. And uh, you know, my witnesses rank forty right now. And um, it pays for itself more than like almost 10 times over. And that's at this wow. really bad price. This is a terrible, terrible price mm -hmm. for Hive. So if, if Hive went X10 from here and it was like $3, like all of a sudden my witness note is paying for itself 100 mm -hmm. times over every month. Wow. Like, so it's just crazy to think about. Like, uh, you know, if you try to like mine, if you try to mine uh, a POW currency, you, you get nothing like mm -hmm. energy is more expensive than power mining now mm -hmm. uh, you have to basically be a power plant in order to mine cryptocurrency now but with like hive it's like no if you have consensus on the political spectrum and you have and you're running a node with consensus like you make more money and you lose you use like no energy compared to power mining it's just kind of like a crazy alternate situation like obviously there are pros and cons but a lot of people just look at their thing and think oh my thing's like superior and it's like no it, this is a cooperative we're all supposed to be working together it's not supposed to be a competition um bitcoin's awesome like you know 
if anyone tells me what what to buy, if anyone asks me what to buy, like you know, no 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 coiners will talk to you during the bull market. I'm gonna be like, dude, just buy Bitcoin. Like, come on, like, cause <laughs> cause it's just like, yeah, I'm just so tired of like, Hive is pretty risky, you know. It's hard to tell people to buy Hive, cause like, yeah, if you if your friend gets burned, they're gonna remember that forever. So right, it's right, like, right, right, right. yikes. I stopped telling people to buy cryptocurrencies years ago. I was like, I'm not telling you. They're like, oh, yeah. buy? I'm like, no, I'm not telling you. Like, I do, I hold these coins, but I hold them all the way back down here. So, like, yeah. if you buy these coins, because I'm holding them, you're crazy. And then it's like, it, yeah. And they are, they're only going to ask in 2025. They're only going to ask when it's like peaking. Right. And you're like, you, right, right, right. you, you just, you oh, just yeah. gave me the signal to sell. You're a top you just, signal. You, Thank you. you know, Thank you. You, you, know you just made me $10,000. Thank you very much. Like, I, di- I didn't trade this very well, but this actually happened to me. I had a normie friend who I used to go running with every Wednesday night uh, in 2017. And so we used to go running. I asked him like in, in April. So the, remember the market top time, December, January, December 27, 2017, January 2018. And um, my friend was asking me in, April, he said, have you heard of this Bitcoin thing? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm involved in Bitcoin. He was like, well, okay. And I said, listen, when when your friends ask you about that, tell me. Tell me the next week we go jogging, jogging, right? And so the first week of December of 2017, I went running with my friend and he said, hey, my friend's mentioned about Bitcoin. And I just ran straight back home and sold my tokens. <laughs> nice. And, and well, it was nice, but then they went back up. Like that was when it was at 10k, and the top was like 19 and a half k. Right. So, they went so back up like and I bought. I was stupid. I bought FOMO. back in and then held through the high and everything. Yeah. So. Oh my god. The moral of that story is, if you ever sell your tokens, go on holiday for two weeks and don't look at the market. Um, yeah. But, like but I yeah, got a buddy. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. I got a. I got a buddy uh, from high school. I've been managing. Like he gave me like 4k in um, 2018. And I've been managing that this entire time. And in October, he sends me a text out of nowhere. And he's like, you, crypto's not doing anything. Do you think we should sell? And I was like, thank you, bro. And I went yeah. long in October. <laughs> I was like, this is this is perfect. This is this perfect. Is I, went, I, I, went, I went like X4 long, and I made like a ton of money. I was like, you, oh, you fucking made me, <laughs> sorry. you made me so much money. Thank like, you very much. And then I got this right, other, yeah, it's, a thing. it's a thing. Yeah. I got this other guy who runs a business. And um, he sells retro games, like Nintendo games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, his customers hate crypto. They right. absolutely hate crypto. And, and I got him and I got him investing in some stuff. And I'm like, dude, as soon as your customers like ask about what to buy, please tell me. It's worth so much money. Like it just is. <laughs> like it's crazy how it works. Yeah, like it, it's just like in a couple of weeks that was the top. The market is just this like psychic vampire that gets in people's heads, and you can see it like just rippling throughout society. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, the other thing with Hive though, I, I've got I wouldn't. In fact, I would tell like big investors to buy HBD at this point. I would say, look, get HBD. That you know, I'm confident there's a bonding system coming onto it as well, so to be able to use that as collateral. Oh, that's a lot different though, right? Because it's stable coin. Right, stable coin. So I'm like, at this point, I'm fairly confident in HBD. You know, I'm, I'm, so I am getting to the point where I'm like, I can start talking to big investors about HBD. Um, and the other thing is as well, you, okay, you don't have to tell anyone to buy Hive, but but I will always tell people to go earn Hive. You know, it's like, yeah, I've got a platform. We pay we pay thousands of people every week all over the world to to post on this platform. 
and they don't, you know, none of them invested much money into Hive, but they've all earned it. Yeah. I mean, if we can get people into HPD, get demand for our debt, the Hive gets bought automatically. So it's yes, like kind of the yes. perfect system. And then, and then that's the point. And then you move the debt ratio further away, right? Because the Hive price is going to go higher. This is all our whole mentality. And I think it's very easy for us all to agree on this is how do we keep that um, debt ratio as far away as possible? How do we get people buying Hive to use it to convert to HPD or to use it to do something else? Like that's that's the key thing, you know. As long as we do, I don't actually care about what the number is. I care about the volatility of it. So, yeah, like, it would be nice to be less volatile. The, the the fractional reserve banking system, um, you know, at best is going to be twenty percent collateral, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for like, uh, in in the vault or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that would basically be a um, a collateral ratio of five hundred percent, and we're at seven percent so like theoretically we could go up to a hundred percent or even higher we go to like 200 percent. but the problem is if there's a bank run then you get crushed by it or whatever exactly yeah yeah so you just have to make sure that like it it, you want it to crab walk you never want it to drip dip below a certain amount you never want it to be volatile you don't want it to go up or down you just want it to stay flat the whole time yeah that's it. Well, ideally, you want it to be growing, you know, slow growth over time because the economic product that's being created is higher than the inflation. Yeah, I mean, we can't stop the market from demanding our debt, right? So, like, that's, that's what if, I worry about. That's my biggest worry. If the market demanded that our debt be 100% debt ratio, we wouldn't be able to stop that. And if we did, our peg would break to the upside, right? So, like, if the market demanded HPD and we refused to raise the haircut, uh, it would just break to the upside and the token would kind of be broken. So well, the if, mar- if, if, if the market demanded HPD, in my opinion, what would happen is people would just use the internal conversion mechanism. They'd go buy Hive in the open market, push the Hive price up and then use the internal, internal conversion mechanism. And they can get unlimited amounts of HPD in that. 3% fee to pay, but they'll probably have pushed the price up by 10 or 20% in the meantime of Hive. So. Yeah, yeah, but if if the ratio is at the haircut level, it's going to be a completely different outcome. Like you, I don't. Yeah, think... if you go if you're going down, so yeah, but then but then if there's demand for HBD, then you should never be at the at the haircut level because people should be buying Hive off the open market, and it should the price of Hive should be going up, moving away from the, the haircut level, right? In theory. Yeah. Um, the market could do. Market's going to do one magic wand for it. It is possible for the debt ratio to go up. Like that's what happened to um, Luna. That's what happened to UST. Is that all these VC uh, like vulture capitalists were like, oh, free twenty percent mm-hmm. yield. I'm just going to dump everything into UST and farm that twenty percent, and then that that destroyed their debt ratio. Because even though the collateral Luna was being burned and um, shooting the price way up, it didn't matter because there was like no liquidity. So the second that it started collapsing, it was just like a, a death spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it can the debt ratio can go up when HPD is being bought in uh, 
in mass. And I think that's a huge red flag that we need to look out for and be like, this is really bad. Like it's a really, really mm -hmm. bad sign. And yeah, the, 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 the biggest threat will be like, none of us are going to care because Hive yeah. will have gone X 100 and we'll be like, we're rich, we don't care. And it's like, yeah. no, we need to care. Like we, it's, yeah. that's really bad. Yeah, it's a really good point. That That is a legit um, scenario that's clearly happened in the past. But I mean, that's because they didn't have a haircut mechanism at all on um, on Luna. Right? So Not just the haircut, but also the um, the moving average that determines the price based yeah. on the oracles. Yeah. The that's that's a huge deal. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, it's obviously less likely to happen on Hive, but it certainly is a scenario that's, that's played out in the past. So. Yeah. You're right, and, I, and, and, and the beauty of that is you're right because at that moment everyone's going to feel so happy, you know, so comfortable, and that's the moment when you need to be the most scared. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of want it HBD to get tested again. I kind of want to see it at sixty cents again because it's seriously just free money once it gets to that level. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone is so demoralized when the peg is that far down because the the, the spot price of the governance token is also in the in the trenches. But I mean, you remember every time our stablecoin hit 60 cents, it was just like, if you buy it, it's free money. Like, it's going to come back. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's just wild. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, hope, for me, I, I hope, I genuinely hope that doesn't happen again. Um, but if it does, I'm still confident the chain will get through it. And it will be yeah. very, you know, if it did happen again, then it would be so badass as the chain just worked its way out of it and everyone was like, oh gosh, that's like the fourth time that's happened in the history now. And it, yeah, it, like it's, it's not, it's, you don't root for it to happen, but if it does, yeah. there are ways around it. Yeah, I mean, if it does, I, I still feel very confident. That's that's the thing, like the, the mechanisms that are built into the chain are there such that you keep you keep devaluing HBD until the chain settles down and then once the, once the kind of ment mentality shifts come back around that you, you're not going to profit off your HBD and you have to wait, then uh, the price will come back. And that's kind of human nature over time. And it's going to happen at some point. It's happened already three times. So with the extra controls we got in place now, it should be far more. Well, I'm hoping it won't even get to that. You know, what would be even more badass is if the chain kind of tried to approach it and then just couldn't get there. You know? The Yeah, that, I mean, another thing to consider there is say the peg breaks 40 cents and if HBD is 60 cents, um, we could just jack up the yield on HPD savings accounts to like 40% and be like, sorry that it's so bad. Like, here's your 40% back so that like, you know, the people that are, that are underwater don't feel like they're being shafted if we want to do that. But like, honestly, if, if the network's in that bad of shape, we have to kind of force the hbd holders to like be underwater with us because yeah. you know we don't want to be underwater more just to prop them up you know we don't, we don't want to drown more just to yeah. keep those that's guys what, that's where i'm like going. that's where i want to see i want to see people locked in that's why that's where we differ a little bit I, I yeah it does it does kind of like loop back into that point that you're making it's like you're locked in dude you got to just deal with it you know but don't worry because history shows that you'll it'll be a temporary thing and it'll come back um and, and this, this is the beauty of it, like, we're not even talking about this theoretically now at this point, it's like happened three times already, so it comes back, you know, the, the mechanisms are in the chain of there, and it comes back to $1. Um, but the only difference is, is that because you, because you said you were going to lock in for a long period of time, you did it, now you're getting a higher APR, but you just got to wait for a little bit longer for the tokens to come back, you know? But you, yeah. you're waiting anyway, because you locked in, so... 
And I'm really curious to see what we can do with like Bitcoin collateral. Like, can Bitcoin oh. help us through the bear market? Like, because you know, it crashes less we've than, got some than Hive does. For, like, yeah. You saying you saying um, if Hive's back with Bitcoin or HBD's back with Bitcoin? No, like say if we have a deep liquidity pool from mm. Bitcoin to Hive or from Bitcoin mm. to HBD. I see. Um, when Hive crashes, it'll crash less because it's connected to that liquidity pool. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. So and so, well, Bitcoin theory, might crash eighty percent, and then Hive only crashes eighty percent instead of like ninety-five percent or whatever. Well, in, in, with with that theory though, it, you you could say that if the HBD um, liquidity pool is massive that you trade Hive to, then you shouldn't you should have less of a crash in that sense as well because you've got a stable. Um, yeah, that's even better actually. Yeah, uh, but they're both coming. They're both coming. So it's going to be very interested. And you know, my biggest hope is that. I haven't done it because I've just sold all my Bitcoin, not just, but a few weeks ago, I sold all my Bitcoin. Um, probably the worst move in my life, but I feel good about it, so it's okay. Uh, I feel like I'm supporting Hive, and I should I should be staked into Hive as much as possible. Um, but the I'm very tempted, once this technology comes out, to just get, get loans. I mean, I'm not saying anyone else should do this. Please don't follow my advice because um, I'm a little bit insane. But I'm tempted to just go and get a load of loans. Get as much Bitcoin as possible, half of it HBD. Well, you need you need twice as much HBD as you've got in Bitcoin dollar value, and then you put the HBD on the bridge, you put the Bitcoin on the uh, wrapping system, and then every time someone wraps in, you earn a fee off the Bitcoin. It re it rebalances. You earn your, you still earn your twenty percent APR from the HBD. You're just using it as collateral on the bridge, and receiving it through a smart contract on VSC. Um, you elect the VSC operators in. To make sure that they're people that you trust, and that's it. You know, I, I, there's going to be potentially so much money to be made here. And then the idea is, we we just do shows. We just do loads of shows where we're giving away ten cents of Bitcoin, right? Ten cents of Bitcoin here, ten cents there, fifty cents here, fifty cents there. And everyone's like, "How the hell are these guys giving away fifty cents of Bitcoin? What the hell does that even mean?" So the, people... the collateral is Bitcoin and HPD. That's the plan, and twice as much HPD is. Yeah, the collateral is twice two x HPD as you're going to be having bitcoin on your bridge so basically if i've got 30 grand's worth of hbd as collateral on the bridge i'll be able to transact fifteen thousand dollars worth of bitcoin through the bridge meaning yeah. that i'm I'm now holding fifteen thousand dollars worth of your bitcoin right as an operator so you got to trust me with that but there's a smart contract that i've given access to to say if if these funds on bitcoin move without without your expressed approval then that fifteen thousand dollars worth of bitcoin Sorry, that thirty thousand dollars worth of HBD is going to your account, or at least the fifteen thousand move from the Bitcoin account. Um, so the, the idea is, is like me saying, look, you don't don't trust me, but trust the fact that I've got this thirty grand worth of HBD in this smart contract that that you're able to get hold of if your Bitcoin goes missing from my account. Right. Yeah. So just collateral to peg the derivative. There's there's no yeah okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, you could say that actually. Yeah, because you're going to create a derivative of Bitcoin on on the Hive chain. So, so that that same operator will then mint. They'll mint the HBTC on the chain. Um. So then that's backed by the thirty thousand dollars worth of that fifteen thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin is backed by thirty thousand dollars worth of HBD. And if if the Bitcoin price goes up, so like let's say it goes up to forty five thousand dollars, so the collateral backing it is only fifteen uh, only thirty thousand dollars, and the Bitcoin's now worth forty five thousand dollars. Now that's an under collateralized bridge. 
and in theory, the bridge operator is supposed to re-collateralize that bridge. So they've got more collateral on than what their derivative is creating in the network. But if they don't, then it just means that other people are going to go to other other more over-collateralized bridges. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would always trust the bridge with more collateral on it, basically. Interesting. Which is cool, because now I don't need to trust you or any individual. Personally, I just take a look at the ones with the most collateral on it. VSC is telling me, yeah, we're going to take this guy's collateral if he fucks around, basically. And the guy is saying, yeah, please take it, because I voluntarily am opted into this service and providing it, you know? That to me is like, I feel like that's going to be one of the biggest money makers. You know, if, if, if Hive gets to be as liquid. Do we have a timeline on that at all? Because I know it's been it's like as being far as alpha tested like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We, we are into public testing like imminently, like in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, it's like ready to go. Um, there's still a few more things for them to do, but it's being worked on every week. I get um, update reports on it every week, and there's no doubt about it that. Voltec and his team are working full speed on this. So I'm expecting by like the summer, we should have this capability fully live and operating. Yeah, we got all these projects lined up for like peak bull market type deal. Yeah, that, yeah, it's true. You know, um, certainly at least on our side from what we're working on, I'm, I'm not sh so familiar with other projects on Hive, but there's, I know there's loads of great stuff being built. But you've got the Speak Network coming out. That's going to go into Testnet. It was supposed to be this week, but we found one bug, and this is how this stuff works. It's like, oh shit, we found another bug next week. So yeah, we've got um, always. We yeah, we we reckon we reckon this time next week we should be in public testnet for Speak Network, which is basically we're doing two week sprints where anyone can come and run a run a Speak Network node, um, store some videos, um, mine some Speak write their own contracts just for others to store their files to get other people to store those files, get the network to distribute speak to those people. And each one of those is a milestone that we'll pay people for. So if, if you, if we see that you've registered a node, you'll get like 20 bucks or something. If we see that you've run, um, if you stored some videos or stored some files onto your node, you'll get like another 20 bucks and we'll just keep paying out. We, I think we're going to make something like two to $3,000 available for the first two week sprint. And then anyone that gets involved in that will get a share of that $2,000 for just taking part and just kind of running nodes and giving us feedback and helping us make it more efficient. After that two weeks is finished, then we'll do, do the updates, fix the bugs, make it as, as user-friendly as we can. And then we'll run another two-week sprint. And we'll kind of just keep doing that until we're happy that things running smoothly. And then we'll do a final, I don't know exactly how it's going to look yet, but it'll be a final test net where we try and break it. Right, we try and try and pay people to break it and really see if it's see if we can get it to a point where it's as unhackable as we think it can be. Um, we'll probably pay for an audit then at that point, and then um, we'll run it live. So that's probably again probably going to be around the summer that it actually goes live. But the, the cool thing about things like VSC testnet and Speak Network testnet is that you can get involved in the test testnet. There'll probably be some NFTs for it later for being an NFT test uh, for being a, a testnet tester. But the important thing is that you, you're getting used to how these systems operate so that when they do go live, you're going to be mining the first live governance tokens, you know? Yeah, uh, I really do need to get more involved. Like, tech is just so cheap. Like, yeah, I'm not, my computer's yeah. from 2016, and I'm just like, uh -huh. it's still good, but the stuff that's yeah. available right now is... Some of these solid-state drives, man, they're, uh, they're yeah, crazy I, fast. I've, changed, I've just changed last year to a solid-state drive, and they're, they're, it's absolute class. Yeah, it really is a big difference. 
I, I, I bought my computer last year on Black Friday, so it's like a really good discount. Um, recommend it. Um, but yeah, like the, the cool thing about these networks as well is I don't know about VSC exactly, but it's I know that it's really lightweight. Um, on Speak Network, you don't the nodes that you need to operate Speak Network are like if you're just doing storage, it's like forty, it's like five bucks a month, five bucks a month node, you know. Um, and then you can, you know, in theory, you should easily be able to earn that back. Um, the, the, and the beauty of it as well is that I, I think there's a lot of viral potential in Speak Network because. With Hive, for example, I'm not a content creator. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm, I'm not a, much of a reader. I'm not much of a writer. I'm, I'm good at speaking and listening, and doing that type type of communi communication. But creating content, it's like it's beyond my dyslexia level, you know. So it's like, uh, but I can run my computer with a spare hard drive on it that I don't use, and plug it into the Speak Network really easily, and mine crypto that way. I don't need to create content to do that, you know. And I don't need to be that technically capable to do that either, you know. So it's it's got a lot of viral potential in that sense because yeah. normal people that aren't content creators, even though that's a fantastic way of distributing a token, normal people will be able to plug into the network and, and get involved in a much, much easier way than having to be a miner or a content creator or some technical person. It's just gonna be people running their local hard drives on their computers, you know. What do you think about other forms of content creation? Yeah. I, well, what me personally, whether I can do them or, or whether I guess both. Like, I just whenever I see like a game on crypto, I'm like, ah, it's just so disappointing because mm. you're never going to see something that's run by the community and updated by the community and um, built um, by the community. Like, I feel like I feel like you know, skins should be created by people. And players and um, should be represented by NFTs. Like, well, it, it, interesting. Yeah, Dan and I have always said this, you know, and we, we, we're trying to put our money where our mouth is. Um, if you go to breakaway.community, um, that's the website that we're building. It's, it's not, we haven't really announced it yet. It's not fully up to where we want it to be, but it's very close. In the next few days, we'll be releasing that. That's where you can go and create your breakaway community front ends, right? Currently, that's an XNC front end, and it's it's very limited in what you can do with it. But it's it'll give you an XNC front end for, as your own platform that, that you run yourself. XNC, we contributed that. Um, but then the next step is, well, can we start doing color coding on it? Can we get the front end designer to change it yellow? And then we, obviously we've got to filter that through to change all the text colors and everything like that. Make sure it all still looks good and works. And then it's like, well, can we create graphic designs that go on front of these? Possibly, um, can we put those against NFTs that the original creator and that it would have to be an artist with some front end skills because it'd have to tie in. You know, it's not just a case of creating a skin; it's a case of case of tying that skin into the front end so that it works when you put values into the into the, the boxes, right? Um, but there's there's an element, there's an area of that. It's like, yeah, we can get creative with that. Can we tie that to an NFT so that whoever owns that NFT owns the skin, but that, that some passive income gets paid back to the original creator? I think that's something we're really interested in doing. And the other thing that we've done is spoken to uh, Deluxe and um, uh, Dbuzz, and they're both interested in building the exact same tech for their platform. So it's like, well, can we, when people log on to create their own breakaway community using an Xsensi front end, well, maybe we can give them a, a, a Dbuzz front end as well if they want that instead, right? And they're just using the same Docker container to run the scripts, but it's running a Dbuzz front end instead of an Xsensi front end. Or a deluxe front end, 
Um, so that, yeah, definitely get into this whole idea of multiple different options to spin up your own platform, multiple different skins. Um, we love it and we think that's the way forwards. All right, you know, I think I could sit here and natter to you about what's going on high for the next six hours. But we've got it. We've got to stop the show at some point. Dan, are you still with us? Have you fallen asleep? Hanging in there. A little bit tired, though. Yeah. Hanging in there. You got anything to say if we if we're going to close this down? That was a good talk, chat. We talked about everything, and then you guys had a good shoot the shit moment. Sounds good. Um, no, I'm just I'm exhausted. Um, nothing else I can think of right now. Can always talk for days about Hive though. Good to have you on, Gigi. By the way. Yeah, good thanks news. for having me on. I've been like super triggered over the HPD thing, so I'm just kind of like. I, I know this, and I I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. I think um, it, it's just some, something that we. I I like the idea of running a conservative deleverage, de-risk system, putting that risk onto layer two. I understand your point, and I do agree with it. You know, the metrics show that we could have we could have a APR running much higher than it is now, and the chain would still be cool. Um, but I, I just feel like that at some point we're going to be asking for trouble in the future, and I, I'd rather stay away from it. So I'm, I'm, I'm like operating from a more conservative point of view, but I also, I don't want to take the APR away. I want to put that APR onto the layer two, and I want to build a layer two system where a lot of liquidity can come in. To use HPD blends as, as collateral. Yeah, and it's very that way. It's difficult to justify high APRs on the base layer. But I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong. I'm just saying, and I, I think it would work. Um, it, my, it's very difficult to differentiate, different. like now between in the future when we have more infrastructure. You know, things mm -hmm. can change really fast, especially in crypto. Sure. So just like you know, if some infrastructure pops up, we're like, oh wow, this is actually going to work. Like completely change my mind on certain stuff it's possible sure same same for me as well you know like i'm i'm, I'm arguing this out of principle not out of looking at the data because i do look at the data and i see that it's fine you know if, if hbd wasn't looking fine and healthy then i'd be making a lot more noise about the health of hbd you know um i see it operating as fine i think it's well within its limits at the moment um and i agree we could even go higher but I also like, I think it's more, of, for me, it's more of a power move being able to put that risk on to speculators on a layer two and um, have some sort of bonding system. But but the problem then is when you go that route, I'm not saying you have to go that route. You, I love the fact we've got a very debate on Hive. Um, but when you go that route, you, you do realize that you need lock-in periods. And then it's like, well, the longer you lock in, the higher APR you need. But then... If people are looking for five years, it's like, well, how much APR are we going to give these guys? Hundred and fifty percent? No thanks. Um, and the really, the really nice thing about all this is that, like, you know, I have my own idea for a token. I could, I could implement my own ideas on a side chain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if they work, then they work, and that's the beauty of it. You can have these like test nets operating on the fringe, and whenever something yes. goes really well, everyone copies it. Everyone's just like, right. oh, we're going to do that. That worked really good. Like, right, let's put it into the base layer. You, you get yeah. you get to a point where you get a lot of pressure from the community. They're like, dude, let's let's put this in the base layer. And, and the, the witnesses yeah. will kind of be, be encouraged to do it. Um, the other thing that I, I see here as well is, you know, I do I do genuinely hope that anything that VSC builds, I mean, we'll probably start off using um, uh, Deluxe as the, as the layer two for our community tokens because 
VSC isn't far along enough yet, and, and Delux can already make tokens. Um, so we'll start building tokens into our breakaway community platforms using Deluxe, and then maybe at some point transfer across to, to VSC once they've got full token creation capability set up. But those smart contracts, man, they're going to be super easy to program. They're like in JavaScript, you know, like you can hire a normal JavaScript dev to, 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 to write all sorts of different governance models and HPD staking models on a layer two using that VSC system once it's built up and built. So I, I think great, you know, and if, if whatever, you know, if you wanted to go away and build something and, and prove it, then, and show that it works, I, I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to like, I'm not some ideological, um, zealot that won't change their mind just because 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 like like to me i'm just arguing this out of principle at the moment i want to my principle is to deleverage the risk on the base layer and, and move that risk to layer two while still providing high apr for the layer two people um yeah but yeah i mean i mean yeah i, I, I saw that you were passionate about it and it's like i get it i get why you're passionate about it because it's like dudes we we could have the apr at 60 percent, man what the fuck's wrong with you let's put it to a 60 percent. and it's like i'm not saying that you're saying that but i know a lot of people do think that i i think that myself to some extent I'm like we could we could show the world and put this up to 60 percent, like fuck you all you know and we get away with it i'm pretty sure we would but it's like there's we, it's we like, get away for, with it until the bear market hit yeah yeah that's it um but then it's like do do we do that because we can or do we do it when it's the right time or do we ever do it just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it right and that's my that's the way i kind of approach it um but i i, I do I, I agree with most things that you say i think um i think that we are well within it's hard to argue against this idea of bringing it to the second layer and just locking those tokens forever and then creating liquidity mm -hmm. on secondary market like i get it um i think the devil is in the details yeah, and yeah. I'm just hoping that it all works out. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that I'd really like to see is some way we can put Castmaster in charge of the whole layer two thing, and and give him a bunch of devs to build it. Um, I don't, I don't know if Castmaster's interested in that or not, but I would um, I'd be fairly confident he could he could build a decent, detailed devil on that thing, I think. And I, I certainly, you know, if we if we ever get around to building it, because we find some resources somehow or we some of our work winds down then you know i would definitely be involved in building that thing i'd love to do it and i'd certainly take a lot of taskmaster advice on how to how to set it up but yeah all right are there any other closing oh, i do want to say um closing arguments what? like it's a trial no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> closing thoughts i wanted to ask look, one of the things i wanted to mention was your witness and i saw you mentioned that you were going to set a higher apr I was like, oh, yeah. I said it's a 21. Set it at 21%. Oh, pushing the boat. Go on, set it to 60. Yeah. I was going to set it to 25, but then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> 21's like a protest vote. Um, I, I could go 25 until like 50 cents and then lower it back down to 20. Uh -huh. But I mean, I, there's diminishing returns. Um, you know, who's going who's gonna to buy more HBD? Because it goes up 5% or whatever. It's we're not getting attention from the outside like yeah so that's that's what we need like we need it, money it takes, to come it, in yeah it takes yeah. like someone who knows a hedge fund that can sell this idea of a high apr based layer token and then a potential future bonding model that they can use to collateralize i, I think that's how big money flows into hbd um as a hive user i don't hold basically any hbd 
because I just know that the hive price could go up twenty percent tomorrow. So why am I going to hold yeah. HBD as a stablecoin for a year? Um, <laughs> maybe that's completely degenerate. But sorry, I'm all. No, I mean, if you like look it. at if you look at Hive right now, we're like three thirty on the market cap rankings, yeah. which is like yeah. insanely low. Like we were at two twenty for like a long time, and then we just dropped yeah. like a hundred ranks because we are scraping the bottom while everyone else is going up. Yep. And it's kind of like, you know, we have a lot of outflows, but not a lot of inflows. And then when we get the inflows, it's just like, there's no liquidity and it's just like moons. And it's, know, totally, I, unpre it's totally unpredictable. I, I do feel like, you know, if, you know, in terms of doing something about it, like I feel like getting a couple of breakaway communities out there, you know, from my point of view, it's a project that we're working on. Um, Figure out a way to drop tokens to a to an active community that's a little bit degen that would be interested in this technology. Oh, we've got a social media platform we can post in. Oh, the the um the founder state's not there. Oh, that's interesting. Why is that? Oh no, we own oh we own this token. You know, that that type of thing. Get people yeah. posting to that. You know, that's a product. I'm not saying that's gonna moon the hive price, but that's a product that we can get out there and be like, that's what hive's supposed to be. And then you get a bit of VSC out, you get a bit of Bitcoin being traded, um, you get a couple of the smart contracts on there going. You, you, we keep pushing the spend HBD initiative and, and showing that you can be rewarded for purchasing things using HBD. What other stablecoin can you do that in? You talk about the higher APR. I mean, ours is set at 12. It's still pretty high. Um, yeah, you talk 12 about is the good. Bonding system. You know, the, it, we just need a couple of those wins, a couple of little wins like that, where it's like we've got, rather than us saying this is where it's going to go to, it's like this is where it's at right now. You can use this product right now. You know? And I feel like once that starts happening, that will start distinguishing high from other chains because other chains cannot do these things. Yeah, we get zero respect. We survived a, um, a bear market. Mm -hmm. um, our stable coin was at 20% yields the whole time and our debt ratio didn't even go up and no one even notices. They call it a scam. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> what? Uh, like all the on-chain metrics say that it's magic Like, and you're yeah. calling it a scam. Yeah, like, but you can't. Okay. This is the thing. Like, this is how you, you're not going to be able to have these ideological arguments with people. <laughs> You've got to come in with the product and show them. Like, look, forget about what you're saying right now. There's a town yeah. over here that's using HBD, right? You just have to forget offer someone a product right for free and be like, just right. use this. Just, just stop talking it. and use it. Yeah, like, and that's, that's it. That's what that's what this next year is for me on Hive. The, the next year is how many of these things can we roll out. I don't think we can roll that many out because it's not going to be as easy as we'd like. But as the technology gets easier, we're going to be, we're going to have hundreds of these things out there, right? We're going to have potentially at least two towns that I'm aware of that are do, doing spend HBD. The Nigerian listeners, I just want to say, if anyone's listening from Nigeria or Africa, anywhere you can spend Lightning, you can spend HBD. And if you film yourself spending that, paying with the QR code scanning technology on V for V, to pay a lightning invoice for a coffee or for a meal or for some small purchase and you post it to hive under the tag spend hbd there are people there waiting to upvote you and people are making their money back and then you can just recycle that back into the next purchase so let's have this happen in nigeria and ghana as well you know there's no reason it, it's, it's happening in, Ven in venezuela there's a lot of venezuelans getting involved if you go to the tag spend hbd you'll see a lot of people there's people in guatemala getting involved um, we're going to have people in Mexico very soon getting involved. That's starting to come together. Um, let's have some in Africa as well. You know, we're, we're here with baited breast, but definitely wait, desperately waiting to upvote people that, that posted this tag and make some money back off their purchases. Like, let us, let us do it. Post your content. You know, <laughs> we want more content. Um, so yeah, anyone listening from Africa, you're, you're more than welcome. Please use that spend HBD tag and make some money back off your purchases.
and it's, so it's just things like that. Maybe you can think of some other things addicted that I'm not aware of, um, but that, that, you know, let's just get involved in, in demonstrating the use of HBD, demonstrating the use of Hive community platforms, um, demonstrating the use of distribution of tokens on layer two. I, th I think that's, I don't know any other chains that can do that. Yeah, for me, it's tough because I'm just so, I'm like 100% introverted. Like, I just don't, like, if it were up to me, I could just sit in a room, like, by myself every day, all day, never talk to anyone except for maybe online. So it's hard to, like, get out there and, like, be social and stuff and interact with people. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Wonder what, I wonder what is, I mean, certainly, um, any support of the tag that you've got or any any way to upload the tag or any way to talk about it on Hive to let other people know about it would be really cool. Yeah, so I could just search for it on uh, on Hive and do upvotes? Yeah, just go to the spend HBD tag and slash created on the new, so you get the new feed. And uh, they're all there. They're all there um, filming themselves spending HBD. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I don't see any other crypto being able to do this, you know. What I'm trying to do is like build build in the next week or so we should have a spend HBD website out with a platform where people can post to and earn social points. And then it's like, well, now we can put SEO marketing towards that specific platform and the rules are right there on the left-hand side, you know. Um, you know, use use a QR code scanner to spend HBD and post about it on Hive under the spend HBD tag and get some get some money back from your purchases. I think it's fairly self-explanatory at that point. They'll see all the videos on there and it's like, okay, we can do this too. Yep, you can. Yeah, nice. So it's looking good. All right. I, I think at that we can we can call it a, a day. It's been great talking to you, as always. Um, yeah, same. Always, Made it to three hours. To on the train. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully not over three hours because Eddie doesn't like that. He has to put two versions of the video. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, appreciate you on the chain, man. Always, always interesting things that you're saying, and always enjoy reading your blogs. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, look, look forward um, to the next one. Do you? Is it usually at four Saturdays at four? Uh, EST, yeah. Because yeah. I had I had my uh, I had my phone set to three, and I missed it like three three weeks in a row, and I was just uh, like, what am I yes. what am I doing over here? It's one yeah. it's one p.m. EST time. All right. Uh, but then we're getting into time time choking period, aren't we? So right. What that's going to end up being. Um, but yeah, we'll keep trying to advertise it, and um, yeah, always here on Saturdays. Very good. All right. Sweet. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you all got something from the show, and uh, we'll speak to you on the next one. See you later.